Okay, hey, uh, this week on the Deep Rex Pod, I have Ortent Aper, uh, the producer and co-host of The Perfume Nationalist, my favorite pod for the last <laughs> year or so. Um, and so, yeah, so just really excited to talk to you. And, and I'm excited to be here. Did you know this is my first solo podcast? Like, I, I suspected because I'm a pretty... Yeah, you, you got the debut. I'm. That's pretty. That's. I'm gritty from ear to ear. You can. You we'll can probably hear, hear it in the we'll mic. We'll see if it's a good idea. If it just just unmitigated. Yeah, because I always have like Jack. You know, he can go. Like yeah. he can speak. He can talk. He can, and I always have him. Even, but the, so anyway, yeah, yeah. We'll see. Cool. And so you were just, I was, I said, save it for the recording, but you were just explaining your Twitter handle. Oh yeah. So I have a, uh, a manila folder that holds important papers and I got a pink sharp, uh, a highlighter and I wrote portent aper on the folder and I dropped the P so it's portent aper. <laughs> That was not, I said I thought it was an Inya thing. No, no. Uh, the, I I actually never even realized that um, Aper was an anagram for rape because oh, like shit. I don't do anagrams. I'm like a caveman. And who, anagram- who does do? Who actually does do? I mean, this is not the Da Vinci Code, or I mean, yeah, smarty pants people. You know, anagrams yeah. mean you're real smart or something. But okay. somebody was like, I can't figure out what the anagram what. Ortent stands for. I've got Aper. It's rape. I can't figure out what Ortent is. And then I told them that it was a Manila folder that hold, held important papers, and they were really disappointed. Oh gosh. Okay. Yeah, you know, they knew they weren't speaking to somebody who was on their level. Right. Yeah. Oh gosh. Okay. So I guess I was just let's see what I have done in my little notes here that I wanted to just drop that. I don't even know how I found the Tech Wars podcast. I think it was probably Contbot was probably eviscerating some person I already followed on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then I downloaded that episode. And then I don't even know. I think it must have been I saw I mean I don't even know how many I guess I maybe I had listened to you know five episodes or something and I just I probably just saw the perfume nationalist <laughs> in the sh- in the show description and I was like what the what hell is, is this? Because I mean, and and I've said before, like, I, I mean, I watch World War II movies, and I think about World War. I thought I thought about things, but like nationalists, and I thought I was politically uh, knowledgeable, but like nationalists just meant nothing to me. Yeah. <laughs> so it was more the it was just the perfume nation. <laughs> well, that's. I mean, it's really just kind of. Uh, it's like a like Led Zeppelin or Iron Maiden or yeah. I- Iron Butterfly or uh, Marilyn Manson. Uh, yeah, you just have, yeah no, you just have to yeah, you just have to think of a. It's all about yeah. it's all about getting attention and yeah, and, so, and it gets attention. It uh, <laughs> it gets attention like I've it, from both directions. Like the perfume people are like nationalist, and the people who 
wouldn't freak out about nationalists or like perfume yeah 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 so yeah and so then i think i just heard uh jack say i i don't know you know what it was actually and it was even more so when i started listening to actual episodes is that i don't think i ever uh you know, they, they post those stupid, those things on Twitter. Like the first time you saw yourself depicted in film or something, Mm -hmm. I don't think, and it could have been just the podcast I'm listening to, but like, I had never come across, uh, someone that I felt had any upbringing close to mine in podcast form and podcasts are my like preferred media Mm -hmm. or like, you know, I, I, I was putting podcasts on my iPod, uh, and, and real you know, podcast i mean like you know copying them on and stuff so i've been pot i, I don't say i'm obviously not no one would that's, that's a dumb thing to, no one could blame me for bragging but i mean i, I pod pretty hard and <laughs> you know and i never it was always you know i always kind of like um east coast uh intellectual good college yeah. types yeah and um west coast you know berkeley uh, LA types and and I, I wonder I, I wonder if I mean are you aware of any other podcasters that kind of are you and your brother's ilk as far as just um well now there seems to be sort of sorry yeah but before before uh, I mean, before or you don't listen to that many podcasts probably or man before I don't know like our the, the the major podcasting inspiration for us was literally just like red scare um, right but and yeah. i don't i don't think of that you know i don't think of the, i don't there i think of them as something totally wholly different from me you know what i mean because obviously yes you know, uh, and like when i hear you say that i think of um in addition to being like east coast west coast uh, uh there's like this educated uh language that everybody can speak um or at least it sounds like they can speak it and like we don't do that because well i'm i ain't educated um jack has a bachelor's degree but like we don't do that um and there's even there's even something it's not i don't even think that's it and uh, apologize folks if i'm just breathing into the mic right now but last episode i was too far away so i'm i'm, I'm joe rogan hunkered up on top of it right now but I, I don't think it's just i don't think it's just like an education thing i don't know i don't think i can't really put my finger on it um, um we also but, like discuss sort of some like highfalutin art and things but we don't have like the license i guess that's the same thing that's like education um it's also a family show but exactly, exactly that's that the thing makes it a little that's, different there's there's nobody i don't think i can't i've never ran into anybody that's like podcasting with their sibling you know what i mean <laughs> um but i so that's so i liked that and then i think you were kind of my way in because i thought he i thought jack was interesting talking about like oh i wish i would have stuck with high school football because i why did i want to <laughs> get away from grabbing all those guys um when i had the chance and i was like i don't know something that that was like i was like wait a second i think this is my guy i don't know why i thought yeah <laughs> but I'm then trying to but then when, when i joined say... you and 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 you were uh whatever a straight happily you know uh, happily straight man right you're straight right 
Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. That's what I thought. Yeah. Because you said yeah. extremely straight. Um, in the words of Thaddeus Russell, extremely straight sounding as well. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. No, I assume it. Um. Uh. But yeah, and so I think I think that was good because you were kind of like the straight man, um, that like helped me find a way, help me even continue my way in because I think uh, you said something about you know like you didn't feel like you were cross-dressing when you were wearing a certain fragrance and so i thought yes that's it it's it's whether or not i feel like i'm cross-dressing otherwise i'm okay to go <laughs> i that i mostly wear women's fragrances one of the ones i picked as my favorite today um i initially felt like i was cross-dressing but i don't anymore let me uh, let Ooh. my cat in he's scratching sure. at the door one sec yeah but yeah no you are um I think probably a lot of people don't really like Russell Brand, but I listened to his podcast, which was a, a radio show, and he had um, Matt. Uh, I, this is bad. I meant to look it up because I'm like, oh shoot, I'm forgetting the the second chair and the uh, straight man co-host, which you are. But he basically what I'm trying to say is that Russell Brand in every other format, stand up, movie. Uh, audiobook anything is a shadow of his self that he was on this radio show when he had his best friend and straight man there to bounce stuff off of and that yeah and so I think that's uh, definitely a reason why the show works I'm really glad to hear you say that because like um, as you obviously know Jack is uh, a special guy like he's a trip um, I always thought that he should have a voice in media because I enjoyed listening to him and he's wild and crazy and interesting. Uh, and I am literally like a normal guy. Like, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty boring. Um, and I always told myself, you know, like, Oh, it's you, you're, you're the straight man, literally like, yeah. like you, uh, you're a foil for Jack. It's okay that you're not, a great uh, talker or uh, whatever. Uh, so it makes me feel good that you said that. Well, because I think I think a lot of people, if you bring up, I don't know, like, so what, what is your opinion of Russell Brand? Do you have a, a negative I, or no opinion or? Uh, very little, very okay. little. I mostly, I've listened, I've well, I guess I'm on some other podcast like Sam sh- Harris or something. Sure, but I guess what I'm saying also is, okay, I was, I was hoping that would be a, a good example for me, but I guess what I'm saying is you've heard him and you have not been drawn in to be like, Oh my God, this, no. is, this is the best guy in the world. I was not drawn. In. Right. Exactly. But if you, if you hear him, if you hear him when he has his straight man, I I'm telling you, you know, he actually, it actually is. So anyhow. Um, yeah. Juxtaposition is everything like placing things in context. Um, uh, like that's one of my complaints about, about metal music is that like by itself it's monochrome and it's not actually scary but when metal is placed in a context with other vibes it can be more than what it is i think that's a little foreshadowing (laughs) uh yes that is some foreshadowing (laughs) um okay so uh we didn't have any need really for my little warm-up questions but uh are you wearing a cologne or a scent right now? Right now, I am. I'm doing research for our upcoming episode on Current 93 and The Wicker Man. I am wearing 
uh rose poivre i don't know how to pronounce it i, I don't speak no french by sure. the different company um oh, wow. it, yeah i'm really into it i wish it was a little longer lasting but it's like um uh i, I get a lot of like pepper and um coriander and sort of like a like almost like a mexican opening to this stuff uh oh. it, i don't know it's pretty lush Okay, and I can't spell, so I can't look it up right now. And as much as I would want to steal uh, the next episode's thunder, I will. Maybe we should cut it off there. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I have gotten into this thing where I don't look anything up about the perfumes that we cover, supposedly to have like a clean slate, but I actually need to stop doing that. Um, I don't think it's had the effect that I hoped it would. So I think yeah I think it's that I, you ask me because uh, I'm like it's like it's like Mexican food and pepper up top and I think I'm slightly anosmic to rose like I think I can't smell rose very well because I do not get any florals out of this but uh Antaeus have you ever smelled Antaeus yes I have that yeah Antaeus took me a long time to find the rose okay and I think I I don't know I think something about my nose just does not lock on to rose where which is funny because it's like Jack's favorite note huh, yeah okay and actually it's, um I'm I'm doing this I'm hijacking your guest appearance I am actually going to list my top five perfumes i saw that you put them in the just late yeah i the, didn't know if you the spreadsheet it. yeah and you I, you'd said something on an early episode that you got into fragrance um over the pandemic over the lockdown like basically as a alternative to like eating carbs or drinking or something like a way to like feel something and have an experience without uh doing something bad is that correct no, I mean, that wasn't why I got in, but that was definitely what sustained me and what yeah. has helped me justify it. So like, I think I'm a little bit of, uh, um, have a collect, I like to collect things. I like to listen to podcasts. I like to collect things. And so I had um, a huge collection of board games. And so I've been selling those because they just take up too much room and I don't have any friends in London that I actually want to play them with or the time. And so I have been moving the perfumes in and the board games out <laughs> which is obviously you know like it's a great space you know the trade-off on a small flat is, is awesome so um okay i just about i just had a heart failure because i i forgot didn't know if we were actually recording this <laughs> oh no, no, no. but we are it's, but we're, we're rolling and you're yeah, rolling yeah we're both we're, we got uh redundant recording so that's great um but yeah so uh so yeah so i my, I think my wife has actually kind of gotten used to them just showing. I mean, she did say, okay, I think we should take a break until 2022. Um, <laughs> th that's definitely not happening. Uh, Cause I got ISIS or ISIS or whatever is coming in the mail. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So pretty excited about that. Um, but I am wearing the, uh, the Comme de Garçon tapey smelling one. That was the 2011. ED Ooh, how do you like it? I, I mean, I, th I, I, I bought it just because like whenever Jack tweets about something that's like might be in limited supply, I just use that as an excuse to go ape shit. Um, and uh, I got it, I got it, but I got a good price on it on eBay. 
over here in the UK from some lady who like smelled it once and wanted to get rid of it immediately. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I like it. Actually, I, I do my, I kind of, de- I decide uh, what I'm going to wear uh, just by what I, what I am craving, which I, this sounds mm-hmm. so weird. I don't, I mean, I would have never just someone who doesn't, who hates perfume. Like I used to, I mean, I, I literally used to look at people who wore perfume or had like cologne collections as like, degenerates because you do see like a lot of like arab and like whatever club type of guys are really into you know cologne guys yeah exactly so and now if you would have told me i would have been crazy but yeah so anyhow yeah i'm I'm, i've been i've whatever i just put on like seven sprays of that (laughs) i like that stuff a lot those uh jack just sent me a bunch of comme de garçon samples and those really uh hit me pretty hard uh I tried to explain it in our last episode, but the man, there, there's something else. Okay, yeah, yeah, I should probably do some. More. That's my first one because, uh, yeah. So I'm going to continue down that path. But and then second warm up question is, what is your relationship with Brett Easton Ellis? I know you guys did an episode on American Psycho. He- uh, that is basically the extent of my relationship. Um, is that episode i know absolutely nothing about him i know that the guys talk about his podcast a lot and this is uh, this makes me seem like a really dumb person but i cannot figure out how to listen to his podcast like the american psycho movie and not being able to figure out how he wants me to listen to his podcast that's my relationship to Brett Easton Ellis. Okay, that's a good answer. I mean, I, that's it's just forgetting, like, you know, you're, as long as, it's, you know, your heart is in the right place with the response, which it obviously is here. That's all that we really care about. But do you um, know what I mean? Like, when you go to no, because, no, because no, Patreon, but, it's like, there's, the, it's not tiered like a normal Patreon. It's like, pay for individual episodes. And then there's like some other old feed website and then there's it's just so confusing and mm-hmm. I, like i can pretty much figure stuff out i'm not yeah but for some uh, reason his setup i just wish it was a little more clear no and i think i have got i had gotten shaken by that a couple times and it so it took like whatever jack tweeting about it multiple times for me to actually mm-hmm. go on and um and then i did i did the patreon and just did the I mean, I would, I would not, you, I would not probably be patreoning to any podcast if it wasn't didn't have the whatever the RSS link or whatever that you can put right into your pod player. Oh yeah, absolutely. We uh, used to be on Gumroad, and there's no RSS feature there. Like you have to go to the Gumroad site or use the god awful Gumroad app. Uh, but the Patreon RSS feed is like the killer killer yeah that's it's so great and there's other there's other huge pod i mean there's like people i mean there's ones that i've listened to where i know that they're they're fully making their living off of this and you have to use their player that just resets and doesn't save your place ah yeah oh gross uh anyhow okay so but he he asks what do you think about the eagles at the end of every episode and so i've injected this question at the beginning of mine just as a whatever i like it i uh i i enjoyed american psycho it was different than i thought it was gonna be i was surprised the movie i did not read the book sure i uh uh the 
it's so you know it's a meme it's everywhere on the internet and has been for a long time and i did not expect it to be so gen x uh gen xy like i it feels like the the way that it's been latched onto as a meme has conveniently pushed the gen x aspects of it to the side um in a way that surprised me yeah yeah no yeah if yeah yeah for people who haven't seen it like all you hear about is the oh he kills the hooker with the chainsaw and so i like avoided it for years until you know a podcast turned me on to it but and like i actually um i don't know i understand it's a gen x thing but like lady in red is actually like a transcendent beautiful calming song it's there's like there's not much of a joke there. Like I know he's supposed to be soulless and empty and, and not even human because he's enjoying this commercial crass nonsense, but I don't know. I was, I was surprised at how Gen Xy it was yeah. for, for it to have like latched on as a meme with all the young people okay all right okay so uh your number five album we've got five your five oh, favorites these are the top these are the top top ones yeah we're starting with the favorites okay start with the favorites um so uh we didn't really give the the people any uh heads up but we're talking it'll be in the title we're talking uh orton's favorite albums and uh and then once we get into underrated albums, we're going to lace in the perfumes. And then after that, we're going to go through his favorite uh, bands or artists, just basically kind of uh, not. Uh, yeah, you've got you've got three of those. But I, basically what I didn't want to happen was as soon as I tried to think about my favorite albums, just for, you know, so I could randomly tweet about it the oh i've got to have representation from different artists in these or yeah. or do i really love these artists and yeah. and that and i just i don't really actually have a bob dylan album that is my you know that i want to listen yeah, to yeah it's wall like to the, wall. the the overall experience of bob dylan so that's one thing before we even get to the lists i was a bad unprofessional podcast guest because i let my personal frustration and uh with list making and ranking and so-called ordered thought i let my personal problems with that get in the way of your your uh the the setup of your pod like i'm so resistant mm -hmm. to listing and ranking and especially on the internet in the last 10 years uh it, it it seems like it seems like the kids think this way like the the best example i can come up with is uh when they talk about people's attractiveness level like you know a seven out of ten or whatever uh people really talk that way and it, it's a good insult but i i just don't know what what people are saying and part of the resistance is like you said notice there's no bob dylan on my list and i'm like a bob dylan like confirmed cult member but there's it's not there because it's like the overall experience of sure. bob dylan like you, you can't you can't nail me down man yeah yeah um i think i don't i don't agree with your 
sevens things. I think with the hotness ranking, I think, uh, but I think, I think it was a thing. I don't even, I don't, I think I, I've been to Buzzfeed like once Buzzfeed came, like I was too old for Buzzfeed or something. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think Buzzfeed and those kind of websites did the listicles and did the top five. And but turn, the hotness and, ranking, where did that you think that came from? Buzzfeed? Th- no, no, people think, take that seriously. I like think it's that, a really good insult, but other I, than that, I don't I, see any utility. I think it's I think it's old and, and we're not going to say our ages here, but I think we're the same vintage. And I mean, I think, <laughs> I think I think that's been I think that's been around. I think you were probably just like really practicing your instruments too hard. Yeah. Uh, and you are not you are not like uh whatever debating the because i guess that's the other thing is i um went to a really small high school and went to a small college and so like i have and that i think that's why i gravitate towards people that are speaking uh deeply and passionately about culture on podcasts is because i don't have any friends to talk about this that's the function of podcast man that's the total function is to I don't even want to say the buzzword because I'm sick of hearing it, but uh, parasocial, but it's, it's, you're supposed to just hang with your people. Like I, I know that some folks like, uh, you know, like cereal and stuff, which, which is a good, it's enjoyable, but you're supposed to just like hang with your people. Cereal. Uh, it's just a more formal uh, narrative format of podcasting versus like oh right hanging out with your imaginary friends oh okay oh right okay yeah yeah. like this like like the yeah like the serial whatever npr podcast that like turn turn normies on the podcasting yeah um uh so yeah i've I've lost train of thought oh sorry i interrupted no no i was i was i was going off a tangent anyhow we've got your number five which is AE, oh, we we're talking about your artists being represented. Yeah, okay, so that's fine. We were done with that. Um, uh, we've got AE Live is your number five favorite album, and this is an all Tucker album. Uh, yeah, and the, it's stretching the definition of album, which is like part of the the concept of the work itself. But like this fits in with what we were just saying about Bob Dylan. It's uh, I don't even remember how many now. It's the live set from 2015 to, excuse me, 2014 to 2016, I think was the last one. Um, and it's an hour long, but it's, it's, <laughs> it's like 30 versions of that. It's like right. a great okay. Dead. Okay. So I, I don't know when you updated, last I updated the Google doc, but I, I guess yeah. I, I hadn't referred, I'd put all of the albums into YouTube or Spotify. And so that's why I'm completely whiffing on this one is because I didn't, uh, I didn't look at it until I, just about a half an hour before we show. So I, but I remember you talking about this on your all Tucker app, which mm-hmm. we will we'll definitely link in the show notes if that is free, a freebie. But I, I listed it. Um, I listed it because when uh, it's a legitimately like start- good cheat. <laughs> mm, no, it's, it's just because like I had a really deep relationship with that set of music like that the that version of the autecker live set um and their the their their live stuff is like a whole separate stream of work like there's the the albums proper and the eps and then the live work is like a whole separate stream of 
albums, mostly like hour long pieces with different songs and, and different things. Um, and I started listening to this, you know, like the day after it premiered in 2014, like uh, I love bootlegs. I love audience tapes, like uh, I'm a deadhead. And um, and I, I was listening to like iPhone recordings of, of this set of the AE live set. And then they released it officially. Oh, wow. And whether it's an iPhone recording or uh, the official uh, released versions, there's always a point where I get lost, where I'm like, wait, how did we get here? What, what tune is this? And every time I listen to it, I'm like, this is my favorite music. That's it's nice it's poetic <laughs> it speaks <laughs> it speaks to your soul somehow why so what was your what was your entry point to idm or what were, were you making it or like was there, no, was there, a, was um, there a stepping a stepping stone i had a friend in high school who introduced me to aphex twin sure uh and like everybody else in the universe uh aphex and daft punk were like my intro into taking electronic music seriously back in the 90s because if you know, I guess unless you're from New Jersey or something, um, like electronic music was like, you know, gay club music or, or like in a in a in a hair salon or something like that's uh, one of the cool things about Nine Inch Nails is that he he got like bros in 1994, like bros on spring break to to bump gay club sounds uh, in the mm. 90s. It wasn't like it is now uh and daft punk uh first record and aphex twin were my entry uh and then a few years later like like right before september 11th like 2000 or yeah no 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 right when confield came out so like yeah right before september 11th somebody at a show told me not to go buy the latest autecker album whatever you do don't buy that one and i was like oh yeah okay and uh, yeah, the rest is history. They're like my favorite. I I love them. They like saved my life. Uh, yeah, and that that we could. I guess we could stop the pod there, but um, yeah, but <laughs> but we won't. Um, but that that was also reminded you saying that reminded me of um, when I I don't know it was like three episodes back or something where you said that you went to the all you would go to the all music guide and look when up, it was a book when it was a book okay yeah and the website even kind of still looked like a book <laughs> uh i just like their their splash page because i i didn't i didn't know it in its book form but um and and you would look up self self-indulgent and what was the other was there another one or something but uh it, that i would look for that word like that's yeah. how i came across <laughs> my number one album of all time scott walker tilt and that's how i like got into like talk talk and and stuff uh the i don't know the reviews back then like we'll, we'll talk about that but yeah i would look for self-indulgent i discovered that i liked self-indulgent uh music 
Okay. Well, what, so gosh, you've, you've just kind of, uh, you've, you've come in and you've stormed my castle and you've taken away my little list. So that's why this is the, uh, the thinking man's list. You got to force podcast. me into it. You got yeah, like, yeah. a cattle prod. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So number four, what's your number four? Now that you, we know, everyone knows his number, maybe that was his number one. Maybe it wasn't folks. Well, what's your number four? Well, that's the thing, man, is that like favorites other than my number one, it's like, what's your favorite today you know i know, I know. but that's anyway. so lame i don't lame. I'm, not, I'm, I'm not i'm not autistic but i i don't know why it comes to me so easily because i i'm not i'm not like normally that type of person um no you're it's a more ordered way of thinking and it's you know i don't know anyway uh my number four is um naked cities torture garden uh which i believe is from 1989 or 1990 it's um it's actually kind of not an official Naked City record. It's actually like a collection of their miniatures of their their tiny, uh, I think the longest one is like, you know, a minute and 38 seconds. Yeah, I think it's like 26 minutes or 29 minutes album. It's pretty, yep. it's pretty short. And the, I feel like they, um, I feel like they try to put like some really abrasive stuff, like super upfront <laughs> and yes. get, get rid of the losers. Cause I was definitely, it blew my hair back uh, when you first start listening to it. And then the, and you read all the YouTube. Cause I, I couldn't, it wasn't on Spotify. So I just listened to it on YouTube and all the YouTube comments are pretty hilarious. Um, but it's really nice. I Dude, it's amazing. I got into naked city and a lot of my favorites here, I guess that's true for everybody, but it's, like I got, I got into Naked City when I was like um, 16, like I got into John Zorn uh, when I was like 12 or 13, I had gone to Barnes and Noble uh, with a friend for his birthday and he was really into heavy, uh, really into heavy metal. And he asked the guys at Barnes and Noble, this is like in the nineties and we were kids. It was so innocent. He's like, what's the heaviest, craziest music you have here and the 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 guy behind the counter went and got another guy and they were like <laughs> actually trying to help my friend and i just remember the guy that he called on pulled out the first naked city album with the ouija uh you know the guy with his blood Man, no sorry, all sorry over. I, i'm not i i had ne never heard of them so i'm, I'm not a compute complete musical ignoramus but Oh, the, or maybe I am if I haven't heard of them, but this was the, my first encounter with them. Um, so, and I'm not, so I'm not familiar with their albums, but yeah. Uh, the cover of the album has a picture of a dead guy on the New York streets uh, taken by the famous photographer Ouija. Um, and it's just a really striking looking cover because there's like a guy with his head blown off on the New York sidewalk. And I remember the, the, what was, second, the name, what was the name of that album? That one's just called Naked City. That one's okay. like their big, uh, it was out on Electra Records. Like it was a big deal. Okay. John Zorn was supposed to be like the next big thing back in the late 80s uh, with artsy fartsy okay. people. Um, uh, okay. And he definitely pulled, seen that picture, but yeah. Yeah, it's a famous picture. He pulled out that uh, CD and the, the first guy was like, no, 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 they're not ready for that. I don't think they're looking for that. And that right there, I was like, okay. I need to I need to file that away. Um, I just remembered that I was like, "Ooh, that's the one I want." And so several years later, you know, I start driving and get your own money, working at 
at Walmart and stuff. And I went and, and bought Naked City Black Box, which had Torture Garden on one side and uh, Ling Chi, which is like a 30 minute piece. So it had like a long form piece and then a collection of miniatures, uh, Torture Garden on the other CD and just driving home, putting that in. I was like, okay, this is, I've been looking for this my whole life. Like this is exactly <laughs> my, my whole 16 year old life. This is exactly what I wanted to hear. Wow. I mean, I yeah, it was not what it was not what I have ever thought I was looking for. But I think it, so. As you said, I don't know if that's what when I said foreshadowing. Um, it's really uh, nice. Or I mean, I I, I haven't having, having I didn't I didn't listen to I kind of more mainlined all of the albums you said as as opposed to branching off too much. Um, but that when they, they will they will go into like what sounds like the most beautiful uh recording of your, it's like your favorite song that they go into because they come out of like a death scream mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> go go ahead oh no yeah they come out of like some you know yeah the hair hair ra- bone rattling death scream and then they they come in with i don't know something incredibly beautiful and 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 uh, you're just like, oh my god, these are really talented musicians. They can make. They almost feel like they're. Um, they feel like they're uh, not aping, but like they're just like aping genre music, and they just do yes. it amazing, so perfectly. Yes, the, uh, and they're that's real. Like none of that is is edits. Like that that's actually them playing. They're doing it live. I mean, they're yes. That's, that's you should look at some take. of the. I yeah I mean they could you should look at some of the boot the bootlegs like videos and things on YouTube because that's what they sound like like that's Jesus. them that's wow. not edits um the like if I don't know Naked City is like confirmation to me that like like the fact that uh, those guys Bill Frizzell and and uh, Joey Baron and and John Zorn the fact that that those five guys were in new york city at the same time and could be overseen by a guy like john zorn and that they all their schedules allowed them to come together to do that like that's like dude that's like near proof that that god exists honestly like because those are the only people that could do that and john zorn is the only person that could have overseen that i i just i it's a miracle it's like an absolute miracle that that happened um and it's like a there are aspects of it that don't come through on torture garden that they're basically like the ultimate bar band you were kind of getting at that when you talked about uh, they're cutting up genres um it's like a cellular form of composition it's like little blocks i think zorn calls it block form uh it's like cells placed side by side by side by side by side and it's all about juxtaposition uh and and just being like the ultimate bar band ultimate wedding band Mm. uh each one of those is written down it's like a joke on do you know what the real book is no do you know what like a chart is no Uh, in the jazz world it's like a joke the way that these are written down is like a joke about jazz charts um the listeners out there should try to find some images of the charts 
because they're actually written down compositions, but they're also improvised. It's I don't know. It's just so what, everything what thrown you, together. What, what would you what would you Google? You would Google Torture Garden charts. Naked City charts, maybe. There's okay. probably some out there. Okay. I know there's some in like the box set or whatever. Okay. But there, it it, it kind of blows your mind uh, when you look at the charts because. Yeah, I think you're gonna have to get an album title in there if folks do that. Or I've just uh... yeah, Naked City Zorn charts. Um, if you look up, uh, yeah, I'll try to find some if you can put a link or whatever. But well, I'm just saying that because I, as a listener, I'm always like scrambling as as soon as people say something in a pod and people. You I'll know, take a picture and they, post it they, on Twitter. They say people say that's yeah, that'd be perfect. People say it. Uh, say they say these names so fast ah there we go speed freaks if you look up naked city zorn charts the second image result that i'm getting is the chart for speed freaks which is the most extreme example of cellular construction genre juxtaposition in naked city's whole uh oeuvre um and it looks like nothing it's just basically a list of genres with a few little uh, melodies written down. I don't know if you for those for people out there who know what the real book is uh, and what like uh, charts look like. It's 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 like a musician joke. Okay, is that yeah. that's is that two E's or uh, Speed Freaks? No, is it the real book? Is it it's two E's or it's E A? Uh, real R E A L. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, I won't. Yeah, we, I'm. We won't, I'm we won't starting to talk nonsense. No, 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 no. That's, that, no, that's, <laughs> no, that was exact. That's exactly what we were trying to get but from you earlier. Um, when I'm not a metalhead, so my opinion of metal is kind of invalid. But so often it's it's not as heavy. They think they have a monopoly on intensity, and AE Live is another sort of level of intensity too that I think metal people could get into. But uh, the, the reason that metal so often does not uh, isn't intense to me is because it's it's one color, which has its place. But uh, when you set colors next to each other, you know they can bring out qualities in each other that aren't seen in isolation sure. or like maybe yeah. at the very most something metal would start out with something some beautiful intro and then yeah. and then decapitate everybody with with their you know moving into the actual metal and then never go back but I'm not I'm, I'm out of my depth here saying that but <laughs> but that's that's my feeling um okie doke so number three uh, and this is, I, I think this is kind of when, I don't know, this was definitely, I hate to say uh, inflection point, but I think this is definitely an inflection point for me personally with your guys' pod uh, was the Inya episode because mm -hmm. it was so mind-blowing for, <laughs> now, and, and, after, and after I looked into it, I saw that, okay, there kind of has been uh, maybe some, uh, uh, what do you call about it? revisionist history on Inya out there? On... Yeah, that was after. No, yeah, no. <laughs> well, maybe there was. Yeah, yeah. There, well, it actually might have been. Uh, I, I was. I'm not. It it actually may may have been because there was a good number of episodes before. So I would have started listening uh, in March of 2020. 
and by that yeah time, the, the yeah. any episode was like uh late spring early summer of 19 but i'm not claiming to have inspired a reappraisal of Enya, but yes ever uh, since then um there has been more of a mainstream uh reappraisal of Enya. but and but just something i mean like you literally you know you, I mean, it was just it was like this jolt it was like i just getting hit by a semi-truck it was like somebody it was like you know it was like finding out i can't even think of like a good conspiracy theory because it, at least all of those have like actually bled into the thing but it was just like finding out that everything you've been told is wrong and and because i trusted you guys on so much other stuff i was just you know willing to be like yeah no okay this is you know i, I believe you 100 percent and um, and also like, and then also just being like, yeah, I knew, like, I enjoyed some of those songs and, yeah. and I, I didn't understand what I, I had done to get the jokes and stuff like that. I never looked them up. And then also just the thing with you saying that, like, you can get the whole Inya discography for like 75 cents because or like that you used to be able to, because there was so many copies printed and, and they're at every secondhand store is. Yeah, uh, dude, I can walk into any Goodwill and almost any garage sale, but any goodwill, I can go in and get at least two or three in your records right now, in your CDs. Um, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> I know, I, I know this is deep recommendations. Um, and Enya is one of like the best selling artists of all time. Uh, but this is your but, favorite. So it's not supposed to be deep yet. But just, I had the same, like that was part of our, our episode i had the same journey i always liked orinoco flow i never thought i was too cool for sail away sail away but uh i really like things and this ties in with my number two album too i really like things that uh i did not expect to like i wish that would happen more often maybe it's like me i like to think it's the work itself but it's probably just me um, I wish I'd be surprised and have my ass handed to me more often as far as music goes, because I did not expect to be a diehard Inya fan. Like, you didn't expect to be the number one Inya defender on Twitter. No, I didn't. Um, and back then, it was like an art project, the Twitter thing, because I, I needed to learn how to use uh, digital audio or uh, digital uh, image editors, uh, not Photoshop, but I needed to learn to use Photoshop basically. And so I, I uh, commandeered Enya as my uh, bit on Twitter. Uh -huh. uh, so that, that's, and that's kind of lost like tears and rain uh, is right. Enya posting. Uh, I used to do a lot, like I used to be the Enya guy. Right. And I think, I think, I think, I think I even kind of missed that era of yours yeah. anyhow also, but, uh, and then, okay. So I'm going to go, I'll, I will go back after, after we wrap this up and we'll get your top, your favorite tracks from four and from five and four, but what is, what's the, what's the standout on this, the number three in your watermark Ooh, off of watermark. Oh, and I chose watermark cause it's perfect uh so that was single so that wasn't a hard choice if you just had to choose one in you it was that this was the album yeah yes absolutely like it's it's effortlessly cool like it's not even trying to be cool um every song is perfect it's like engineered beautifully if you listen to it on a big system the way some of the 
like the way there's not you know how there's bass all over all modern music constantly there's just a couple of moments on watermark where like these subs come in and it's really special but the the engineering on it is crazy um it's just perfect in like every way uh it's absolutely beautiful and it's also an example of something that works best on cd i have I don't remember if I have two copies. No, I only have one on vinyl. No, I had two, but it works best on CD. And I just like that, you know, because everybody likes to think uh, vinyl always sounds better. It doesn't. Well, like so, what, so we won't we won't go too far into this, but why why does something sound better on CD? Um, that album sounds better on CD because of the the dynamic range and the the way that the the way it's not like super tightly compressed uh things like stack up in these pillowy comfortable ways um that get lost on the restricted dynamic range of vinyl that's not even to mention surface noise I, i'm not bothered by crackles or surface noise even though i own a vacuum but uh it's mainly because like those those sub notes that i'm talking about the way they like poke in pillow in it doesn't do that on vinyl uh -huh. okay all right so i my my i think i think my well not one of my favorite i mean obviously i like the orinoco flow um mm -hmm. but i really like uh on your shore number oh, three yeah yeah I like was are those are those oboes or is that a clarinet or what what pops in there that's what i think that's a clarinet or is okay. that does that one have the uh the illin pipes on it i think I, that one's a clarinet i don't know what i don't know what those are but I, it's something something that kind of reminded me it's so funny because it reminded me of a stranger on the shore and then I wouldn't listen to stranger on the short and that just sounded like so rough and gritty and like <laughs> not actually that nice uh compared to on your sh on your short like it sounded it sounded it sounded like actually horrible and i think of that as like a song that i really like and it's really soothing and nice uh dude she'll make anything sound rough in comparison yeah jesus um but my favorite song off of watermark uh i guess it would have to be ornoco flow absolutely perfect single um completely deserves to be a gigantic joke of a single like deserves to be beyond music it, it's like yeah it's great it's like perfect okay and then so what's number two then we won't do this um, for all of them, but this is song-wise. Yeah, I was able to get in a lot more repeats of this because uh, the three-year-old just absolutely loved it. <laughs> she was, yeah, man, that's another thing is listening to Enya with kiddos. That's so much fun. Yeah, um, she she would literally just go and like curl up in her little chair and like not go to sleep, but just like close her eyes to enjoy it. <laughs> so, it was so funny, and then she was doing like. Is high praise <laughs> um is uh i have trouble associating songs with titles sometimes especially sure. with something like this where you just kind all... of let the album rip okay yeah. never mind never mind that's fine uh, it's the it's one of the ones with um it's like in a lot of movies and stuff it's another one that's reached joke status um and it's got like the arpeggiated synth in it 
uh, I don't know what the title of it is, but it's uh, it's in it's well, in a lot of movies. Okay, okay, that's 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 fine. Uh, <laughs> you just ruined the podcast, but that's fine. No, uh, what was I wanted to also say is that like uh, she was doing to me for like uh, you know a couple of weeks. What I used to do, my mom would say, "Is this the Beatles? Is this the Beatles?" Every single song that came on, "Is this the Beatles?" She'd say, "Is oh, this that in- is so sweet? Is this in you? Is this in you?" And then she'd just randomly come up and ask me. Uh, let's listen to Inya. Let's listen to Inya. Okay, <laughs> dude, that, I that is awesome. Yeah. And that for some reason that reminds me. I don't know why that story because has nothing to do with this. But the other thing about my Inya journey and getting your ass handed to you is that it started with Watermark. Okay, I'll tolerate Watermark. This is a good album. I found it at the thrift store on vinyl. This is great. And then like you're like, huh? I wonder what this other one is like. No, 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 no. I'm too cool for that. And then you get the other one and you're like, wow, this one's really good too. I'm, I'm too cool for these other ones. I don't need anything past the year 1995. I don't need any of that. I'm too cool for that. And then you just like keep getting more and more in the albums. And then finally it gets to the end and you're like, I don't need to hear the Christmas album. I'm too cool for the Christmas album. And every single time, every single record, she's hipper than you and calmer and cooler than you. And hands it to you i wonder it probably hasn't been done but uh it really needs to be um uh when it comes we were talking about bob dylan and i always love that his uh i don't know if you were that tapped into whatever media non-fiction book media but there this guy a huge scandal where the jonathan farah wasn't joshua suffer foe but anyhow this guy who was basically like super cool guy looked like the guy out of cruel intentions um he wrote a book and he you know he was just getting praised from every angle and he was wonderkin and basically he he uh, his total downfall was that some guy from like tablet magazine some dylan head um pointed out that you know super dylan nerd found out that like what the, the things that he had said about Bob Dylan in his books were totally, were totally wrong. And so it just completely killed his whole career. I mean, he was, he was, he was, he was, he was so high up, but it basically turned out that he was just making stuff up right, left and center. That's and, a funny thing to happen about Bob Dylan though. Cause he's kind of like made up. I know, but it's, he's, if you think about it in hindsight, if you're going to fake something, don't fake yeah. it on, don't fake that, it on Bob Dylan. When there's no, literally an army of guys that have nothing else to do except love Bob Dylan and yes, look, dangerous territory, look you up. Um, so number three, so good grief, Ortent. I think this is probably like my seventh favorite Kanye album. <laughs> <laughs> really yeah it's controversial what's your favorite i mean i i i i was i've been a big defender i was a, i remember getting in drunk arguments on the up in uh oh shoot what's never in london whatever's north of hoxton which it was the cool like hipster area after north of shortage i can't think of it that's how it was so long ago but i remember you know way before Trump and everything, and people were talking about, oh, this guy at a bus stop was saying Kanye is just a egomaniac, and I was like, are you? He's a he's a genius. Like, don't we don't we have like five passes f- for every twenty five years, or for every 
half century that we get to hand out to geniuses that they get to be a little ego maniacal. And he's definitely, I think, one that you would, I would give it to. Yes, he's absolutely a genius. That's completely true. Like that, I'm, I'm really glad that I, is it, it crossed the Rubicon? I'm really glad that I uh, had the Kanye experience, like where he entered my heart and I became a Kanye stan because if, if I'd never had that, I might be that guy saying like, oh, he's such an egomaniac. He thinks of himself so highly. Like, what's the problem? Why, why is it a problem that Kanye is an egomaniac? That's like part of his art. Uh, he integrates it in his art really well. I, I don't see why that's such a problematic uh, I mean, the, criticism. Exactly. If people, there's somebody who will contribute nothing and and are still a little egotistical <laughs> here he is yeah and his the way he expresses his like egotism and stuff like you you might find that that it's a little more universal than absolutely always specific to Kanye West like it, you probably have some of Kanye within you but w- what's your favorite album uh, if Jesus is is down on the list what's yours uh you know i mean I, I, I love I love through the wire so much as yeah. a song. Uh, I yeah. remember getting in a fight uh, with a friend, a drunken fight, to because he wanted to play something else and I wanted to play through the wire. Um, but no, I guess I would probably say um, I'm just going on Spotify here and I'm trying to think. And I mean, and they were all at like you know formative points, point formative they're in my youth in my in, yes. my, in my party soundtrack of our lives yeah um but then even like i remember so this would have been too so like i mean i i like i like late i like late registration i like college dropout i like graduation and then i even remember like you know i was like i don't need to like keep up on everything that kanye does in 2008 and, and i remember like so that heart 808s and heartbreak order came out in 2008 and then like i think like the next summer or whatever it's like a year later i found myself you know we were like going out or something and i wasn't even like i just wanted to talk to everybody about how great of an album that was <laughs> and everybody was oh people just, love that but everybody talked to you about yeah Kanye. yeah and, but everybody was just like i mean dude this album came out like a year ago like you, you know like even like my dumbest uh outer friend circles friends like girlfriend who was obviously you know he not not you know she was i mean she was like there she was perfectly nice but she was just like because <laughs> at some point i realized <laughs> that the room was not with me and uh in the car but i mean it wasn't like a, there wasn't a lot of other great conversation going on so it wasn't like i was monopolizing it that bad but anyhow so i i've even i found a way i really like that one but um but yeah, but this is this Jesus is just like uh, harsh, isn't it? Yeah, totally, totally harsh. It's beautiful though, um, and it's absolutely tightly, nearly perfectly constructed. Um, everybody in the universe uh, got on board with Kanye with uh, College Dropout or whatever back in 0304. Um, everybody was listening to that. I, I even, I even got into College Dropout. Um, then I kind of lost track um and i really enjoyed the the george bush doesn't care about black people i really enjoyed how he 
completely broke the rules of uh it went off script um and and in 2005 on tv that was like even more special that, well, that it's somebody, super spe- it's super special and yeah that somebody went that far off script at that high level of celebrity was like wow cheers to that guy um and, and so then, that and that, that that also is another complete episode about how the idea that who are the people that can go off script they're only like the people that actually write things and or are geniuses so it's just like comedians are the only ones that can go off script and and uh people like Kanye where they're bringing every aspect of the entertainment product mm-hmm. and nobody else has any input or anything like that so it's just it's very it's very interesting like to see like you you know you don't see uh uh you don't see I can't think of I can't think of the guy who plays Hawkeye Ryan whatever you, you don't see Brad Pitt go off script you know what I mean yes um, yes and I just remember ever the look on Mike Myers face was like what but uh, isn't that who's standing next to him, Mike yeah. Myers? Yeah, I yeah. guess so, yeah. But that was my next Kanye point. And then I kind of like completely lost track. Um, uh, and then in 13, when Yeezus came out, um, I noticed people complaining about it on Twitter. Uh, this is back when I had a normie Twitter account, uh, which I wish I hadn't deleted. Um, and the way people were complaining about it, I was like, well, I've got to check this out um you know self-indulgent uh abrasive um he he can't rap um like everything was just stupid complaint and i was like all right i gotta check this out i don't know why um and dude i was i i I will say my age i was uh, in 2013 i was uh, i was 31 I was an adult, uh, you know, I was not a kid anymore. And this album, I did not listen to anything at all for a month other than this record. Like I, I had never used Spotify before and there was like a free trial of Spotify um, that I signed up for so I could listen to it at work because I, I didn't have, you know, I, I didn't know if I wanted to buy it, but I just wanted to like listen to it again while I was at work. <laughs> And I literally, for like a month, I did not listen to anything but Yeezus. Uh, wow. And but yeah, it really, really affected me. And I thought I was too cool for a gigantic pop record like this. I, I'm i not even going to pretend to be a hip hop head. I thought I was like too cool, just like with Enya. I thought I was too cool for all of this. I thought Kanye was kind of annoying. I didn't care about, I liked the cover of... Uh, twisted dark fantasy but i didn't care about it being like the sergeant pepper of hip-hop that sounded stupid to me uh but yeezus handed me my ass uh over and over um and yeah i and i'm glad to say i saw that show i saw that tour uh, uh, wow, nice. I, I don't know what to say it's just like it's like i said within you he's ahead of you uh, all the criticisms like oh he's ripping off death grips he's ripping off um what's the uh, neggy tarda saul williams um dude there I, I i just don't i don't know there's there's whatever rick rubin and kanye did with the final sequencing is masterful um i i don't know i don't know what to say about Jesus. okay yeah that's i mean 
uh, I think I sorry I was gonna say I don't I don't know if people in the in the states have so much of a problem with egomaniacs, but people in Europe are they definitely don't want anybody to get out of their box. Um, yeah, and so the, that so that I think it's even more more pronounced over here. But I guess uh, so. What's your what's your favorite song or what's your couple? What's your uh, the high hold my liquor. Um, uh, either hold my liquor or um, what's the one after that? Damn, your lips very soft. Uh, I'm in it. I'm in it. Either either the point and I'm in it uh, where it's like uh, there's this whoop sound. Okay. <laughs> <Kink>. <laughs> um, either that or Hold My Liquor is my favorite. I think uh, Kanye and Mike Dean together are more powerful than Kanye by himself. I think they make a really good team. Okay. Someone, okay. To harness in a little bit or something uh and then i we i need you to probably like i need you to maybe listen to guilt trip after we're done and like tell me about i'm crazy or something. i because i looked up what was being sampled on guilt trip or what this the main mm-hmm. sound is that keeps recurring and i i, I couldn't place it at all um what, which one is guilt trip it's near the end right yeah guilt number, trip number is, eight. Um, what, what are the words to that one uh you know i mean the, like I said, I've, I've just kind of pounded it what, or five or six times over the past couple of weeks. So I'm not like, no, but it was just this, uh, I, it was this rah, 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 sound type of thing that I was like, this is from something. Um, but I couldn't find anything on the internet. They were just talking about the is Sonic. That, is that the one with... Um, They're saying the Sonic, the, the Sonic the Hedgehog, ding, 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 or something in the beginning. And Is that the one with the, the Jamaican guy? N- no, I don't know. Well, no, that's one thing I want to mention about uh, Kanye really knows how to deploy a, a dance hall. Like there's always something wrong and bootleggy and off about Kanye's work. And that's something that I really love about dance hall, like from the early nineties is that it's like a lemon to your mouth and just, the, it's not guilt trip, but the way he, that's, that's one of the things that drew me in is the way he like deploys the jamaican aspect it's really subtle and really nice he takes he takes the best he takes the best things in, in yeah. life and puts them together and i wonder i wonder i mean like whenever jack criticizes mark jacobs as saying like he just knows all the coolest things and puts them all together and stuff like that but um yeah and I, that's what Jesus is uh like that's honestly uh that was also it's also like the last time that i really understood all the references like he was kind of summing up internet music and stuff up until 2013 in the way that only like a major moneyed artist could um so that i mean that is what it is but he's like a really he's literally like a steve jobs type guy when he's good yeah. kanye needs to go away for That's a what I'm decade saying. i'm saying that he needs to but i mean he's yeah. gonna die he's gonna die and like oh, no. i mean it's gonna be weird you know like people are gonna and and like there's nobody there's no i mean i, I don't mean to be like this end of history like brett easton ellis old man who may be the exact age that you are or <laughs> slightly different but it's funny because i i sussed that out because there's so many different things that you say, <laughs> say say on twitter that i'm just like wait a second is he in my we have the same we had the same cheetah cost halloween costume how is that possible oh, that was you that was you yeah like just things like that i haven't even thought of it yeah I'm, like, I'm 39 i'll say it. yeah you're taking things out of my 
family photo album or something. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, he's gonna like I don't know where I was going there, but he's gonna he's gonna die and everybody's gonna be all over him. And or he he's the last he's the last he's like I can't think is there there's not gonna be any other big genius yeah, he's, name. He's the last. No, of this, he's this last of this this twentieth century. That's what I was about to say. Icon. He's the last of the twentieth century style artist uh and which is good because he could up until recently he could uh bridge the 20th century uh style of 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 uh mass media pop music with sort of the internet future but uh but it's also i guess also the thing that's great is that which i kind of hadn't thought or appreciated he's He's got a lot of work out there, so it's not going to be like, oh, this genius that left us only two albums or something like oh, that. You know, no, there's tons of like nice. That's another thing I like about Kanye is that there's lots of bootlegs. Like, there's lots of behind the scenes bootlegs and stuff. There's all sorts of, you know, unreleased songs and things. I like that kind of stuff. Nice. Uh, okay, so did I say what? So what did you say? Did you say what your favorite song was? Man, sorry. Uh, hold my liquor. Hold my liquor. That's like, right. That's right. Okay. Sorry. Yeah, because that's I don't know, man. That makes me want to cry. That whole album makes me want to cry. It's so beautiful. It's so good. Um, <laughs> and it's the perfect length too. Uh, forty it's, minutes for an album. You can listen to it right. in one sitting. It's it goes like by. It goes by super fast. Yeah. Yep. Um, just. <laughs> And right in the middle of uh before like you, before another... before you know it before you know it he's talking about uh your spouse again mm-hmm. <laughs> um uh so that okay so number one is scott walker tilt what how did you get into scott walker because obviously i've I, so my musical background is like a just a guy that like whatever liked like the counting crows and bush and stuff growing up and then after college got into looking up things on you know like i i like pitchfork because it had the rating right there and everyone mm-hmm. always hated on pitchfork but i was like i like this i like i, I like this i like this 10 point rating thing whatever and so they he so i think scott walker was always pretty highly rated on there or he was used to not be like, back when i got into scott walker okay okay which well, was then, only like a few years before okay that, well then maybe then maybe that then maybe people that no, I, the, who's who i liked and respected liked him or something because i just always remember like trying to dip my toe in with scott walker and just like jumping out of the like freaking out and jumping out of the pool oh um, yeah it with the the release of um the 2005 record, the follow-up to Tilt, um, whose name I am blanking on right now. Well, you go and I'll um, you go and I'll say. Um, the, with the release of the 2005 album, like the, everything changed, but the, also the internet was growing and like music dork culture, and what it meant to like be into obscure music was changing too. Um, with the release of the Drift. Um, all of a sudden, uh, the conversation about Scott Walker changed because it's probably literally just down to the internet making things available to people. But before then, like in that paper copy of the All Music Guide I had, it was the review was terrible. Everybody hated Tilt. Um, 
I got into it right out of uh, high school, a few years after it was released. It was still, I can't remember if it was an import or if it was on Drag City. Like it was re-released in the US like three or four years after it was put out in the UK. But um, there was the review in the All Music Guide in the paper edition of the All Music Guide from like 1995 or something. Just was like, this is... Uh, self-indulgent nonsense he can't even sing anymore I think it was like it was like one star or something and then I had this book called uh, Unknown Legends Rock and Roll or something and uh, it, his the 60s Scott Walker stuff the the singer-songwriter type stuff was highly praised and then the that author who i think is named richie untberger i think uh was like you know this this is a step too far this is nonsense nobody likes this okay so he came in i and admittedly i did not do sufficient scott walker dd other than listening to the album but he came in and he started off more accessible oh yeah back in the 60s um he was in the walker brothers which was like a pop group um that girls like screamed about they were kind of like the early Bee Gees or whatever uh -huh. um uh, real orchestral really really lush um croonery because you know scott has a beautiful voice but girls in britain like screamed about the walker brothers i'll have, have, have to check them out that sounds oh, that sounds more more my speed <laughs> yeah and then he did four solo albums that are people still to this day talk about those four solo albums as like the when somebody says they're into scott walker they probably mean that and they're great they're really something else and the vibe is always there don't get me wrong um the vibe is always there and then he like basically got drunk for like 10 years, put out one album in the 80s, in the late 70s, he discovered, he discovered uh, or got, you know, he, he discovered how to make the music he wanted to make, the weird stuff. And then he put out like one record in the 80s and then one record in the 90s, Tilt, which is the one I'm talking about here. And so he was like a bit of a recluse mystery uh, and nobody liked Tilt, nobody. <laughs> um, that, that all changed in 2005 when I'm pretty sure Pitchfork gave uh, The Drift a glowing review. Everybody did. Um, I'm not trying to, uh, but man, I lost my train of thought too. But um, the amazing thing about Tilt and the reason I picked Tilt over over any of the folk records or the drift which is more celebrated or anything that came after that is that it's like a tightrope walk like he's uh walking a tightrope over over hell basically um over like a pit wow. of human feces and wow. urine and um the, the the records after tilt uh, he's down in the pit oh, Josh. like uh, sitting in the feces and the urine which is its own vibe and some people might uh, connect with that stuff better um, but the 
the tightrope walk of tilt is there's nothing else like tilt. I, I, I'm gonna have to re-listen to it now because I was not getting that. What were you getting? <laughs> I was just kind of getting kind of like a oh, I don't know. It almost sounded kind of like churchy or I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I'll have to I'll have to I'll have to go back and I was yeah, I was Churchy makes sense. And also it probably sounds different to 2021 ears than 1999 or 2000 or 1995 years. Sure. Cause you've had these different, um, Oh God damn it. What's or just that? as a culture. What's like that? The, what's the, that one? It's not, not St. Vincent, but what's the, what's the one that's a little bit more, a little bit more kind of more the same vibe English type of, Folky, oh, I can't think of her name. I wouldn't have been able to say the Saint Vincent, but I feel like that Jack like, tweeted, about. tweeted about tweeted about her. Maybe I'll look it up on on, on the if I look up Saint Vincent, it'll say also likes, and there'll be this this chick. But um, <laughs> but it, what's hilarious here is on Spotify it says, I mean, it says fans also like, and so it has the Walker Brothers, obviously. Thanks, mm-hmm. thanks, Spotify recommendation algorithm. <laughs> that's that's why that's actually why one reason why I wanted to, to do this show is because like the Amazon recommendations are so horrible. You know, it's like oh, books by the same books by the same author. <laughs> Dude, occasionally uh, Amazon will nail it when one of those algorithms. Usually, they're pretty ridiculous on any website, but when one of them like gets you. Does it scare you? Has that ever happened to Sp- you? Where Spotify, you get... Spotify scares me with their like weekly yeah. weekly playlists that they make for me. Maybe I don't know more predictable in music than I'm in other things, but like no, I I haven't found any of the 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 Netflix algorithm when it used to really try hard back in the early early days. And Amazon, I've never got I, what what is the example and. Can you think of the maybe you can come back to oh, it? Oh, just occasionally I'll get like an email from Amazon and it's like a list of I I, I don't have any concrete examples. Oh, just oh it's like it's like they overheard on your phone. So yeah, you needed a yeah. new plunger or something like occasionally that. Occasionally I'm like, wow. But most of the time those algorithms are absolute nonsense, but occasionally they get it right. No, but, uh, there's predictive things. Like I forget what I forget what like biz book it was, but they were saying that like you know, parents were calling Target and complaining, saying that you're targeting my daughter. She's yeah. not pregnant. She's too young. And they to didn't even know. Yes. Yeah. Um, but anyhow, so fans also like John Kale and Lee Hazelwood. Is it John Kale? Oh, Lee the, Hazelwood is great. The no, he is. But, just, but that must be early Scott Walker as opposed to what yeah, I. Yeah, it's the tilt. same vibe. Do you know the the Nancy and Lee album? Sure. Yeah. No, I love Lee Hazelwood. Yeah. The early Scott Walker stuff and the Walker Brothers stuff is a very similar vibe to the Nancy and Lee album. You know what? I don't. That just gave me an idea for my because. Uh, it's all about me but now what what might be on my um underrated picks is the lee hazelwood album with not nancy sinatra but with the uh gosh what's her name the the red-haired actress that and yeah bye bye birdie that album yeah. is really good. I don't know that one. I, I love the Nancy and Lee records, the one from the 60s and the one from the 70s. I'm not a Lee Hazelwood. 
I'm not very knowledgeable about him other, other than like his uh Eddie uh what's the guitar guy that he was a producer uh, on um, I don't know sorry I'm not yeah maybe I, I so you're saying all like you're saying Nancy in London moving with Nancy yeah yeah the, his work with Nancy Sinatra uh and the duet albums with Nancy Sinatra of the two those yeah, I really love. I, I don't think I, I wish I, I knew more about Lee Hazelwood. I don't even know because I don't even know why. I think I don't even know why I skipped over those like more popular ones and just went to the Anne Margaret one. <laughs> but I need to. I need to definitely need to get back on on those because I like him and and like yeah, she's she's a star. So well, I understand that because I keep talking about how I hear people say, "Don't buy this Autechre album." Scott Walker is self-indulgent and terrible i'm like not me i'm smart enough and cool enough to get it so i understand how you would skip over yeah um, and that's that's actually, obvious choice that's kind of actually what the show is all about it's just for yeah. the guys to this guy i remember whatever john Mayer is a big watch guy and he's talking about expensive watches and he's like saying that like you know the guys that really have like the hundred hundred twenty thousand dollar watches at home their knockaround watch is this forty thousand dollar watch so he's like if you want to just skip to everyone thinking that you <laughs> have this huge collection or whatever get this one which is obviously still ridiculously priced watch but it's just funny that some that is his brain was working that way you know as yes, a, if exactly. he if he worked in a video store he'd be his brain would still be uh you know trying to trying to say those same type of things of how do you project this deep uh library and this deep knowledge by and then you like look up and you're like wow i've never listened to the rolling stones wow um you know, I've never listened to uh, Led Zeppelin. Wow. You know, like you like have all these like horrible omissions because the impetus is to like go for the cool thing or I don't know. That's yeah, I don't think I don't think I've I think I think probably that Lee Hazelwood album is the only <laughs> example for me. I've I've I've, st <laughs> I've, I've, I've stuck more to the you know I haven't done that. I've done that more in other other areas of media more so than the you. But. The one thing I will say about Tilt is that um, it took over my young life. Like, the only other thing I can think of as far as, like, art and music is Jesus. Uh, like, those two records, like, took over my brain for a good amount of time. Wow, um, that's so weird. Yeah, and, um, like, yeah, I... I don't know, man. The, the tilt is... so, so the other thing that's super, really kind of interesting and cool about doing the, my experience and just now being on episode four is, you know, this is, it's kind of like a psychoanalyzing or even better than psychoanalyzing people of like, because yeah, this is what a, I've been worried about. A through, a through line starts <laughs> to kind of like come out. Um, and you, you know, you I've just, and, and so I think, I think even after, after, you know, whatever, if I, after this conversation, if I go back and listen, and I go back and listen to these, it, it'll be that much more stark. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's good. Uh, uh, also, uh, people listen to Tilt. Uh, pay attention to the bass. Uh, the bass player is this guy named John Giblin, who is a British session musician. Um, I, I he was he like joined some bands. I think he like level forty two or something. I don't know. Uh, he's played with Kate Bush, uh, Peter Gabriel. Um, but his fretless work on this album is 
out of this world. The fretless bass is basically like monopolized by Jaco Pastorius, who I love and is deserving of his uh, uh, monstrous status in the world of fretless bass. But uh, 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 John Giblin is one of the only people who figured out a way to play fretless bass outside of the shadow of Jaco Pastorius, which is a crazy feat. Okay. Yeah, that's, I think there's like one other bassist I know and Jaco. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean, I mean, no, I mean, I, 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 up a I know no members, no joke. members, no members of bands that play bass. But as far as like, you know, the whatever the great bassist conversations that I've overheard from different podcasts, uh, yeah, dude, pay attention to the bass on tilt. It's okay, it's crazy, it's so like gentle and uh. Tilt always felt to me like H.R. Giger paintings, which uh, describe the interior of my uh, mind, like my inner experience uh, is somehow uh, an aspect of it is described by H.R. Giger paintings. And uh, one time I was um, relieved to find out that Scott Walker and his music director had intentionally been trying to evoke the feeling of H.R. Giger paintings uh with tilt and john giblin's bass is somehow like the well of course it's the bass but it's like the spine uh you know how all the giger stuff is like bones um yeah i lost my train of thought completely. No, no, but yeah that's, that's john scary. giblin that's on scary. tilt. that's scary that they could replicate that and have you come into it and then find out that it's true yeah uh, i didn't but they they were like yes that's pretty much exactly what we were going for uh, so they're used to, yeah and so what what is your do you have a couple of favorite tracks or one favorite track hold on let me look at the, the list i think um uh it's um you know how to whistle put your lips together and blow uh uh, uh what's the title that one's called i think that one's called manhattan it's okay. the the pledging my love song okay. um uh yeah i think it's called no not manhattan that one's called face on breast it's the pledging my love song that one uh, okay. is is my favorite uh actually tilt the title song in in my later years um having listen to this record for like more than 20 years now uh the title song has become one of my favorites uh it's really funny it's a country and western song um <laughs> it's really funny it seems the album seems to get a little bit like lighter and easier to listen to towards the end i i think i noticed i felt yeah. like i felt or maybe i was just getting used to it but i felt like okay this is this is more approachable yeah and it's a. Uh... I don't know. It's it's my favorite. There's nothing. Mm. Everything else on this list is like down. Like there's like tilt, and then there's everything else. Okay. Wow. So then, like you say, yeah. Jesus comes in at number eleven. <laughs> Basically. Wow. Okay. That's, that's whereas AE Live is actually kind of outside of the list and existing sort of on the side, hmm. um, in another dimension. But yeah, there's nothing like tilt, man. Nothing. Okay. Cool. Well, the, hey, this yeah. is I'm glad we documented it. Uh, yeah. 
All right, cool. Well, we, we I don't know if we have to maybe have to kind of move a little bit faster because yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, no, not sorry. We're this is good stuff. I just we're uh, we're gonna it's gonna be four hours if we don't watch it. Um, so uh, cool. So no overrated albums because it's I guess that's uh, overrated kinda, albums. Um, it's a little bit harder, maybe. I'll go ahead and say that even though I love uh, my dark twisted fantasy it's not the masterpiece everybody says it is okay there, there does seem to be a little bit of like a snowballing whenever somebody you know comes out and says something once somebody seems to break the ice then everybody just piles on mm-hmm. um, whether it's movies or books or something with it. i actually looked at because i've been really re like with my dad brain um like i've been getting into shania twain and stuff with my dad brain i've been getting into stuff that i never thought i'd get into um shania twain uh, is awesome (laughs) yeah um uh with my dad brain i've been getting into stuff i never thought i would and i actually like tried to i tried to look at uh the rolling stone you know like the general critical consensus of the greatest records of all time and there were ones that i could like complain at you about but I didn't feel like anything was overrated. Dark Twisted Fantasy is the closest thing that comes to mind. Um, And The Drift, the Scott Walker record after Tilt. Everybody loves it because it's uh, more cartoonishly easy to get a handle on. And it's not as diverse in its um, presentation of emotions. It's like a horror movie. And as you know, as a Perfume Nationalist fan, the last like 10, 15 years is all about being a little horror nerd. And um, uh, I just think that the the way people reacted to the drift uh, was a little over the top. It's great, but it's no tilt. Okay. Yeah. The final, the final word. Um, cool. Okay, so... Um, I feel like we should take a break, but I don't really have any. I'm just gonna take a sip of this water. Uh, you're hidden, you're, we're on to the hidden gems, the what's supposed to be the crux of this podcast. But I thought Uh-oh. there was so no, but I thought there was so much to talk about with the favorites. Um, and some of them were so f- new to me that, uh, that yeah, I wanted to I wanted to get deep into those, and I feel cool. like we got exactly, exactly what I was looking for with the. Uh, just that you know you talk about the charts and just all kinds of different stuff that's just the money in the bank so uh at the risk of being too greedy uh your number five is media fired what is the and what is pathway the, through whatever yeah and so this is on youtube which i guess i'll, I'll yes I'll link to. i tried to and this one i uh i don't know how obscure it is like uh basically the last genre was vaporwave um And it was already like a nostalgic looking backwards, entirely composed of the past genre. So it wasn't exactly very futuristic, but dude, everything since Vaporwave has been vaped. I don't care what kind of name people slap on stuff at all. Everything is ground to a halt. I, I will be the old man saying end of history. Everything is ground to a halt. And, um, this is probably my favorite vaporwave record, and I like this style of vaporwave. The sample delic, uh, the, the the sample style, like um, everybody knows about uh, Echo Jams, the Daniel O. Patton, the One on Tricks Point Never 
the original vaporwave album and this is kind of like that it's not like the like synthy blank banshee bs uh side of vaporwave um this one though i'm sure it was just fired off without thinking but it doesn't seem like it it seems really carefully put together it's absolutely wonderful to listen to in the bath um on a little bluetooth speaker this one so much of modern music and especially stupid stuff like vaporwave is literally just throwaway nonsense and this one um every time i listen to it i'm impressed this is this is a really good record unfortunately everything else by the guy who put it together whose name i'm i don't know is like guitar music that doesn't seem that interesting but i'm not like that's a hardcore... how I was, that's that's what i was just googling right now because i was like, yeah I, i'm not think... like a hardcore internet music vaporwave person um but i this this is this is a great record what do you think of it yeah no i thought it was, it was very enjoyable very easy to get into yes. and then obviously towards the end it starts getting into like with a little bit of i want it that way and then you're mm-hmm. just like, and you're just like, oh, I'm I'm definitely gonna be running this back. Um, <laughs> uh, but I was just trying to find out. So is it like 2015 or when did it come? I think this is from 2011 because I ran into okay. this. I ran into this around 2012 or something. And it's almost um, I, it's almost like ungoogleable. Just like it's just yeah. like Bandcamp and SoundCloud and YouTube. It's like that's I, I was I was like, oh man, I I wish I didn't look up this guy enough but i wish there was more i'm kind of glad that there's not because it sort of makes this album more special but uh like i how how that's a dumb question because there's all sorts of stuff like that there's just how did this person make this and then there's nothing else after that the the on the cover is like a photo of like a gig like a looks like a punk band or something but there's like uh, this pink purplish uh lighting over by the drums and the uh the reverb and the delay and the general production patina of this album just feels like that pinky purple color uh which is like a vaporwave trope but uh it really feels very purple not like in a like syrup city joker purple but like uh yeah i don't know yeah and the and the, and the i don't know the album cover it has a very like i don't know if that was what i'm trying to i'm trying to like place that within that type of like the font and the mm-hmm. presentation within like a two and a half year period or something right I, I, I remember i remember seeing different like whatever you know like more like accessible internet only dubstep type of track you know what a remix of yes yellow submarine or something i remember seeing like kind of like this type of this type of uh essence or whatever style of thing but i can't i, I know at the time i didn't know if it was dated and it was really belonged to a five-year period beforehand or or what so it, i guess what i'm trying to say is, is this album cover just kind of lives in a nondescript ether time period yeah i have no idea when that's from um this actually reminds me here's another overrated for you uh 
what's like the i'm blanking again the absolute quintessential uh vaporwave album the one with the the uh man i can't believe every time i podcast dude i can't i can't talk um uh i'm live googling like, we do that all the time like toro moyoy or whatever whatever that guy um yeah no not chuck person's echo jams because that's a good one not the daniel O'Patton thing but the uh 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 macintosh plus floral shop that's an overrated uh but that's just personal that one's never gotten its hooks into me um that one's i've i've tried so many times with that because i like the the sample style of vaporwave uh but that one's just i i don't understand the uh celebration of that album what, sorry what album was again it's called um macintosh plus floral shop okay it's from the same year as this one and uh it's like the archetypal uh vaporwave album it's like a meme okay i've never it's never connected with me at all um the uh, media fired is superior in every way to that and even better than chuck person's echo jams well there you go i yeah i think i must i think i've only caught like the kitty genre vaporwave offshoots or something like that Um, yeah but it's uh, the last genre which is sad because it's already nostalgic but everything after that has been vaped. Uh, I don't care what name they slap on stuff. Everything has basically been the same since, <laughs> since right. 2011. Okay, and now your number five perfume, which I think for diehard listeners of the pod, this is, I don't know. I don't think, I, I, this was not on my short list of what I thought you were going to put down. Uh, maybe, this maybe, one is maybe it, actually... Maybe it should have been from the episode... La Nuit by Paco Rabanne. Yeah. From 1985, there's a newer perfume called La Nuit. It's not that one. This one is a vintage. It's no longer in production. And, um, or as I would say, this, La Nuit. La Nuit. <laughs> um, this one and my number one perfume of all time were my gateways. Um, actually, La Nuit was my gateway. Like, La Nuit was the door and it opened the door. Um, to experiencing perfumery as something more than cosmetics, stupid cosmetics for girls. Um, uh, La Nuit was the door and the hand opening the door that allowed me to experience it as art. Um, It's extremely pissy. Uh, Teddy DeShipra he says he's disappointed with how animalic pissy it is, uh, which blows my mind because it's it's so pissy to my nose. Maybe it's just attached to my memory, having never I could I, I could not believe that women went around smelling like this in the eighties. Um, it it's so animalic. It's so pissy. It's it's amazing, and the the edt the less concentrated distillation is more pissy than the edp which is the more concentrated uh more expensive stuff the edt is so pissy 
Anyway. And which one and which one is your favorite? Uh the EDT. The EDT. The, which, oh, which, one, sorry, which one is your preferred? I guess I'm saying. Yeah, it's, the it's EDT, there. just because it's so pissy. Um the the eau de parfum of La Nuit is is calmer. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to say about it. It's just really important to my perfume journey. Uh, this podcast, uh, TPN, would not exist if Jack had not showed me La Nuit. Um, oh, I think this is, was this the one that he was like saying, like to get the whatever that the original was a lot better and that it was he people were he was saying like panic buy on eBay or something. Mm, I don't. I think no, I, 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 don't feel think like so. I, I feel like I feel like I okay. It has a very distinct, cool bottle. Yeah, and um, and I think it goes I, really well with John Prime. <laughs> that's what <laughs> I'm. That's why you're on the show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comments like that. That's that's perfect. Um, okay, cool. Uh, and so we'll say uh, my number five is uh, T Rex, which I think you did an episode on. Yes, right? we did uh, the Tarkovsky the. The Russian director. Ooh, that stuff is good, man. That's a good choice. That's I, some weird, weird, weird business. And uh, and I think it's so funny how you're talking about. It. And I think that's why I asked you about the idea. And was like, what, like, what initially was got you hooked or got you into it? Because that's so it's so I think it's so important with all of these different things that people are very psyched about. Is you need you need that initial thing that really grabs you by the lapels and drags you mm-hmm. in. Um, and so that was not T-Rex, but T-Rex, I, 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 I'm finding in my perfume journey that uh, I just really want things that are really strong and last yeah, a long and time. Yeah, T-Rex is strong. I just, apparently I'm like, so like, like soulless or something. I just want to feel something. Dude, that's everybody, especially, especially in the age of COVID. And as a young father, uh, I I think it's for some reason that fits in. I, that makes sense to me. Because, well, because I, I think it's also, it's like, uh, there's, there's so few things that you can do. You can't, as a young father, you can just used to be able to do anything and everything. And now you can do nothing. Not, now, now, now you're experiencing much more deeply and you're experiencing all these amazing things you wouldn't trade for anything, yes. but you're finding yourself much more confined as to whatever transgressive things you can do, but you can spray on a ton of stuff and i think I, actually that's what's funny is a nose movie yeah and you can i can whatever you can enjoy it at home but then also you know yeah, I, yeah, i'm going to the playground or going to pick her up from daycare mm-hmm. that's like some of the only times i leave the house and like and so i found my walks and my when i'm pulling the swing i can just like sit there and enjoy the the, the scent <laughs> <laughs> yeah isn't that, isn't that amazing because you like can't i mean you can kind of do that with music you can like do something while you're listening or while you're driving but you like can't do that with a book or a movie or a painting really i mean i guess you could live next to a painting in your living room but there, yeah. there's something about the way fragrance integrates into your daily life uh that to my brain is is like unique and, uh, yeah and i remember like when these different ones like became my favorite like where i yeah. was and stuff like that so uh so yeah t-rex and the only reason why it's number five instead of higher um is just because it's it's not something you you 
I, I used to feel like I could wear it anytime and then I did that too much and now, and now I can now I'm like okay I can't just wear this just any old not like from any other people I'm just saying like I'm not always ready for it yep <laughs> um okay so you're number four so this is a pretty um I almost I almost think this is maybe the most uh accessible or easily slides into the stuff that I already appreciate and then listen to, which is Orange Groove Crystal Blue Persuasion. Did you find is is it available on Spotify or or uh yes, I think it is because this is something I ran into like I've I, I was worried you wouldn't be able to listen to it. It's it is on Spotify. Think so. I've actually left my phone over. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I ran into this as I have it on vinyl. I got uh, a few years ago before the kiddo. I like when I I've talked about this on the show, but I like quit doing anything creative at all, and all that like that energy and that sort of dream energy was uh, refocused into um my exercise and uh, records and one of the genres of records that i got really into was ripoff records like stuff that when your parents took you to the Woolworths or whatever um uh you'd see like uh you know it was like rock and roll sounds of today okay uh, but it wasn't like the actual artist it was it was it was a rip-off record okay because um, i was going to ask you like what the hell is this and so that's, yeah the, no wonder you're confused about it but i was like is this like some, it's like- literally purely a money-making venture to uh trick people at supermarkets and <laughs> woolworths into buying uh an album um and there's a whole bunch of these um some this is one of the best ones so the orange there. the orange groove is not doesn't like, exist it's not like some yeah or it's not i was thinking like maybe it's like northern soul or something it's no like, it's completely made up there's <laughs> like because it's obviously a comp it's this one yeah. is a compilation of ripoff music it's it's not even because sometimes you'll get one that's like obviously some guys like some mafia person was like uh I need a I need a, a teen beat record and I need it tomorrow morning. Uh, spend all night in the studio making teen beat. And you know, one group of guys will like put together like one of these ripoff records, like covers and stuff. Uh, this one is like a compilation. Um, wait, so I don't I don't want you to necessarily look them up because but are there there's other I the only cover I recognized was Crystal Little Persuasion. Are you saying these are all covers? Mm, some of them some of them are original songs uh this is that are just trying to like vibe off of something else yeah this is just an unusual ripoff record because a lot of the time it'll be like one set of musicians um there's this there's a famous one like lou reed got his start making ripoff records for for a pickwick i believe um uh there's an album called the the Surfsiders Sing the Beach Boys that has Lou Reader's <laughs> Lou Reader that has Lou Reed on guitar and it's obviously one group of musicians just playing Beach Boys songs 
like one day you know it's one set of people um uh this one is just some guys like threw together this random compilation uh, this one it, it, and it works uh there's an artist on here i don't they're called the 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 uh man what is their name the animated egg uh they're like grocery store psychedelic music um this is just goodwill trash music i i don't i don't know what to say about this one i wish i could listen to it all my all my vinyl is packed up i haven't listened to a single record since i had the kid um so this one i think this this one was like the one that was like the easiest to get into and to listen to and so actually i i kind of uh mastered it and kind of set it aside and then some of the other ones i came back to uh over the last couple of days after i'd you know gotten them whatever a couple three weeks ago when you first first uh sent them to me um and so i didn't because i felt like i was in control of this one i didn't actually i didn't actually go back and and listen to it because the other ones actually you know with the that are coming up really gained a lot obviously like when you listen to them heavy take a break yeah. and then come back to them it's just like oh wow oh yeah this, this is totally this is, easy this to is listen so to. this is so fun did, but did, did you that song street king the it's it's the last song on side a but it's like the girls like the punk rock sort of a motorcycle song with those screeching girls i so i guess what the, so my preamble this is my preamble was going to be saying that i i hearted um i like i liked the the lighter version of the title to crystal blue persuasion which is a good track and whatever but i like their version of it but then i i hearted more than now Sakarina, land of fusan and down home baby which I can't, like I said, I haven't listened to them probably in the last week or something after pounding it hard. So I, I can't really say anything else on it. Yeah, that Land of Fusan and the the Bad Trip Back to 69, those are also a band um, that is called Dr. Mary Gold's Prescription. Like they're an actual band um, yeah, uh, that have an album that I'd like to find. Um, but uh that that street king that's my favorite that's my pick there's okay. I, I wish I, there was more stuff like that because that sounds like that's like the it's like the the velvet underground and the uh uh what's their name the Bro, ron whatever's girl band or something yeah and it, it's like a girl band velvet underground it it's, it's quite stunning yeah, this one's just a really good ripoff record. It's probably one of the best ripoff records I have, and I really I like ripoff records a lot. <laughs> like, there's another really good one that's uh, even easier to find than this one. It's what the Columbia Record Club would send you if you didn't like check the boxes. Like, if you like, you know how the record clubs they'd be like, get 99 CDs for a penny. Right. Um, back in the late 60s like if you left one of your choices blank they would send you this ripoff record called the now sound of young music 36 today and it's it's uh one of the ones that i'm talking about where it's obviously one group of musicians basically tasked with covering a ton of songs it's it's a really great uh 
album the the version of lady jane the rolling stone song the version of lady jane on this uh 36 today uh is awesome and this one's pretty easy to find uh, oh wow this, record this has this has double shot of my baby's love yeah i love that song and the, there's an interesting thing about the cover of back to the crystal blue persuasion the kids the dancing teens is like reused on like two or three other ripoff records like they they you know these are strictly money-making ventures these are not like artistic in any way they're just to make money off of people at Woolworths and like that the the same photo session that produced those dancing teens is used on other ripoff records it's uh that always freaked me out i don't know there's people out there who are real experts on ripoff records wow that's a i i I, yeah i'm that's yeah that's a whole rabbit hole i wasn't even aware of existed but it's uh it's beautiful um so do do you you say you say that but are you so have you listened to the the swinging medallions before the swinging medallion is the band doesn't... is the band that i think of as being behind that double shot of my baby's life yeah the swinging medallions i just that's my oh constant. i know that song that's a great okay. and song. then they have they have another one that's just uh that's really amazing that is very hard it's not like completely easy to find but it's definitely like their number two song um, yeah i like that song a lot uh, have you ever heard the residents version no. of that on on third reich rock and roll no oh man go <laughs> you should check get, that out, get man. on it okay yeah yeah because yeah. i don't know there's something something about both of their songs are so um uh just like a combination of <laughs> like it's like it's like it makes you yeah oh it's so good everything i think it's i that I, and i'll tell you what or, to, or to, no one is talking about the swinging medallions and it's really no. burning and burning me up yeah uh, i like double shot of my baby love a whole lot um i like that that organ part yeah exactly i think my yeah. dad uh that was one of uh he can play piano by ear pretty well um or at least when i was a kid i thought he could and i he used to play that that that's what it that's what it is i love the organ i love that like whatever the rascals or that type of like anytime that organ comes in that was in in vogue for a little while um well okay so we're touching on some good stuff this this, and then uh, second woman is second woman what, what is it? Self-titled. It's just self-titled. Yeah. I, I, yeah it's all I can think is title track. I can think of self-titled. This yeah. is from uh like five years ago. Um, and this is another sort of token, even though I love Media Fired and I love this album, I, I was like, I have to put something in from the 2010s or whatever, because you know, like everything's dead. Um <laughs> there's, there's nothing exciting being made anymore. But these are really great records um second woman i found because on the uh autecker forum somebody was making fun of a fact magazine article about the revival of uh idm and i went and looked at the article um and it said second woman sounded like autecker and basic channel making an asmr uh 
video in an <laughs> elevator and i was like oh, whatever yeah right nobody can that that's a there's no way that this stuff sounds like this like that that can't be real uh and for some reason i checked it out i don't know why because usually i'd just be like whatever this is modern music it sucks and i went on spotify and lo and behold it was like Autechre and Basic Channel were making an ASMR video in an elevator. And it was really good. Um, and most of the time, like anytime any, I, I just can't believe that they pulled that, that they pulled this off. Cause like it, anybody who tries to get into Autechre's uh, aesthetic universe, just sounds like an idiot uh and somehow somehow these two fellows did a really good job of it um it's 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 josh eustace from telephone tel aviv which was like a c-list idm uh act from the 2000s uh that never touched me um and then it's another guy from a a, a c-list um uh shoegaze turk dietrich from a band called belong um that's basically like uh a pretty good remake of um uh my bloody valentine i'm being mean <laughs> but no but i think uh, yeah, that's the name of the episode is c-list shoegaze <laughs> yeah c-list seriously i can't believe people talk about shoegaze like it's a genre like I get what they're saying, but come on, like, there's Loveless. Oh, God, all the shoegaze people are going to be like, no, there's... All the shoegaze people. They act like it's like a real... Anyway, people are so weird about yeah. genres. Um, uh, but they, it's these two guys, and uh, I appreciate the fact that they're just unashamed autechre nerds. Like, uh, Josh Eustace... Uh, like talks about like emailing Sean Booth and like getting to meet Sean Booth. And like, uh, he's just like a total unashamed autechre nerd, which I find charming. He doesn't try to like pretend like he came up with this stuff on his own. Um, yeah, I, I, I really like this album. Uh, they have other records, but this first one uh, really does the Confield era autechre sound of in, in like a futuristic way do you know it uh and it also like seems to address juke uh and footwork music it's it's like confield era autechre mixed in with uh uh footwork uh I, yeah i don't know i don't know what to... no that, that, yeah that's a couple that's another couple uh uh music genres i can google <laughs> uh juke and footwork music will blow your mind when you first hear it uh but it's been kind of absorbed into the mainstream culture but when you hear like real chicago juke music uh where it's just like one sample like trapped uh you'll be like wow this is crazy um <laughs> so what uh what is this uh is there any I mean, they have the names are like three thousand five twenty eight MJ one. Oh yeah, the, the it... first I'm gonna pick the first song because uh, I like anything that has the energy of um, 
chariots of fire um i've always like just that sort of sad and triumphant okay um and uh the fact that there's this uh arrhythmic not arrhythmic it's what do they call that uh, there's a term Discord for like floating tempo there's a term okay. for tempo that moves um that i can't remember but the fact that there's this like chariots of fire sad triumphant song that shifts uh so beautifully in tempo and still remains funky during the shifts in tempo um is quite an achievement uh so i yeah. really yeah that first song is out of this world yeah i have i i like the first and the seventh um i forget i don't have anything to say about the seventh but i just thought it was <laughs> awesome i just thought it was funny that on a, such a like not that abstract is the right word but on such like an abstract autocker type album that like they still would kind of like know which song is the radio song to put first mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> i thought that was Dude, it's, it's amazing I, this this record should be better known I, I really wish like i wish that these guys could have uh, uh who knows what happened i wish they could have like made some money and played some gigs and stuff because I, I really like what they're doing because it's hard to pull off what they pulled off cool well hey yeah we, we we've we've made up where others have failed <laughs> in uh and highlighting them uh, okay so um shoot i forget i think I, I skip ahead okay well so we'll go with your uh we've got we've actually got two fragrances to talk about now because okay. i think because I, I missed out so your number four favorite uh, this one's familiar. All of these are familiar to all TPN listeners. Um, Magie Noir by Len Combe. Um, I'm glad we just talked about Second Woman because one of my clearest synesthetic memories is uh, back when I used to smoke weed. This was many years ago. Um, I went with my uh, with with Jack and my sister, and we got way, 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 way too high. And Jack was wearing vintage 1980s Magie Noir, which is extra, extra funky um, and sulfuric and uh, 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 celeryific. Um, and I had been just listening to Basic Channel. I had just been listening to Enforcement, the first single that basic channel put out and the smell of magie noir was the exact same like it sat in the room like it was a creature that you sat next to um it was like this this uh this vegetal creature that just sat in the room with you in the exact same way that uh basic channels enforcement did and so I'm I'm laughing because I recently have like looked at Magine Noir and thought like oh you know I really need to just go back and get these um you know these big these big big ones whatever poison and Magine Noir and stuff like that because whatever they had so much money behind them and they were the talk of the town so to speak mm-hmm. and 
but I was like, why didn't I get machine? I was like, oh yeah. Cause it's basically like after hearing you guys talk about it, I felt like I was going to get like a gypsy curse or something if I bought a bottle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so no, and you man. just described it now. Now you're like, maybe I'll re afraid of it. <laughs> Dude, you got to get machine noir. The new stuff is great. And then the, the Russian bootleg dupes that you can get on eBay for really cheap, uh, tete-a-tete and magic night. Um, those are really great too. Like, and you'll get the idea, get the experience, especially tete-a-tete. Um, if you don't want to spring for the real deal, uh, get the Russian bootleg tete-a-tete on oh, no. eBay. Yeah, I like the, I like the, I think I like them. I forget exactly what the bottle looks like, but I, yeah, no, no. I'm, like I said, I'm an ardent. The modern Noir, which is what I have, um, in addition to the Russian bootlegs, uh, is wonderful you gotta get it it's yeah 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 no, no i'm on it i'm on it i'm i uh like i said i'm i'm an ardent collector so okay and so then uh let's say so so my i don't i, I don't even know actually what i tried to look it up what it, it says my number four is uh mm M- ink yep i love that one man which i i'm i uh my wife likes it which is one of the few that she's like said that she really likes and also you spray it on it just stays on all day you don't need to mm-hmm. refresh it it's just there um so that's i that, think it's a lot a, a big bump for that i will never forget uh i, I described it on our episode on uh, cody wilson and Inc. i'll never forget the first time i opened up the sample jack sent me it felt like i had spilled it everywhere it felt like it was like permanently burned into my hands and i had just like spread the mm ink everywhere all over the place i'll never forget that and that was just just the way the just just the perfume it was just me and my head uh with the perfume what do you, do you know what those notes are i think i looked it up and it was like i was saying like ink is yeah that, it's supposed that, to be is that civet or what is civet it's so? supposed to be an ink but it's uh it's basically one of the most common ingredients in all of modern perfumery iso e super it's basically like that in isolation almost okay, okay. um and you want I especially like the way that mm ink can come off as like cold and fishy I've never been to Iceland but it comes off as like frozen ice fishing sometimes. Uh, but uh, the ISO is super. It's basically you'll you'll notice it. And okay, no, that makes more know. sense. I, I I actually I've even once I started liking it, I re-listened to that episode. So now I remember. I remember. Uh, talking about the ice super because before i when when i hadn't smelled it i couldn't put my finger on it so i like uh, that stuff man cool and so your number three is actually and i I wish i hadn't seen your list before this but i think but even if i had i think we both have the same number three really yeah giorgio yeah wow dude that's uh giorgio i put that on number three because it's become very important to me in the last year um, being uh, a customer service person who has to wear a mask, um, Giorgio is one of the only fragrances that I have that penetrates the mask. So in the last year, it has become way more important to me. Mm. I don't wonder if that's why I like because it, it's like strong or something, or it somehow it's effective at getting into your nose. Yes, it's incredibly strong. It's really surreal. Um, it's larger than life. Uh, when I first started wearing it, 
I felt like I was cross-dressing. Um, uh, but over time, as I've gone through my, I'm halfway through my bottle, uh, basically due to this year, uh, I've gotten really close with it. Uh, I mean, you could talk about notes, pineapple and tuberose, but uh, like the ba mossy, baby, baby powder or something. I don't know. Yeah. But the, do you ever get into a real mossy area in the base? Like sometimes it's like this loud, loud scratchy moss it's i don't know I, you know what i it's so funny i haven't actually the ones that i've liked i haven't actually done that much like going back and like looking at the ingredients and trying to like individuate out where what i was smelling i've just been like oh yeah. I, I like this and, uh, that's the way to do it honestly. it's it's funny because i i got it and I, like i said like uh books that are short i get a, a bump up in my star ratings and i think um even even if it wasn't cheap uh i would i would still like it a lot but it's so cheap and, that, and that's I also know. and that's also something that i liked when you which i think helped me ease me into the whole collecting thing is like you guys highlighting these some of these are just so such good values and so cheap that uh um yeah it was just they were just a no-brainer yeah because a lot of perfume snob people like uh it's it's all like small uh small shops and they 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 don't seem to be interested in like poison or people will laugh at angel which i can't believe um yeah, yeah okay but, but yeah dude, no. you can go to cvs you can go to walgreens or whatever bizarre equivalent of walgreens you have in the uk and uh get get some pretty lush stuff man yeah yeah no no yeah boots is has has uh has has some good sales is that what it's called boots <laughs> yeah boots and i think awesome. and i think walgreens has actually bought boots or cbs bought boots or boot so it's even there's even more it's even more <laughs> together than you would think but like yeah like when there was the kuros scare like i i got this amazing deal on kuros so i've got like three bottles of that in in a box somewhere and uh, i need to get koros i i i finally uh ran out the very very tail end of my little sample which i had saved but uh i need to, i need to get a bottle uh yeah that's a great bottle uh but yeah so yeah it's, it comes off as very girly i think giorgio at first and very like kind of i thought like kind of um uh baby powderish but for some reason it just i was just walking i was just walking to do daycare pickup one day and it just <laughs> and it i was just like engulfed and i remember exactly where on the street i was and i was just like you know and so obviously i tried to compensate with like a canadian tuxedo uh when i was wearing it so i had my amazing jean jacket on and i felt very macho even you know to, to balance it out and yeah it was just i just was like oh this is heaven Dude, Giorgio is the best, man. I love it. Yeah, and so it's and over here, I think it's like thirteen quid. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's so it's just dirt cheap on Amazon. So, anyhow, um, okay, so now we're on to your number two album, which that I remember you had mentioned this in another episode, and I so I had actually already listened to uh, these guys some, and this was the number this was the number two the number two band that the uh, three year old was asking for. <laughs> Oh, this she, is perfect for a kid. Yeah, she's like, is it? She go, is this in yet? And I go, no. And she goes, is this the Albion band? <laughs> uh, so yeah, 
Um, this is perfect for a kiddo. And this is uh, uh, like the extended Fairport Convention universe with Richard Thompson and everybody. This is part of that. Ashley Hutchings, uh, the bass player for the first like two Fairport Convention albums. Uh, he wanted to do something more traditional than Fairport, more English. Um, and he went his own way. And apparently they mean something... I feel like I'm missing, like they're like an institution over there. Not not at the level of Fairport, but it seems like people know who the Albion band is. Maybe I'm crazy. Um, yeah, I don't travel in those circles, so I wouldn't know. But I just, the way people talk about them, because I think they got like, a, there's a documentary on YouTube where they're like a, the house band for some sort of theater, like play or something. Oh, that would be uh, interesting to know. Yeah, but this this album was the first. I found it at a library book sale, and I bought it just because I saw that it had uh, Richard Thompson on it, and I recognized Ashley Hutchings' name from. from see, Fairport. see, see. That's the other thing is like that. That's what I'm talking about. Is like you and you know nobody else. I I had to send the episode clip or to all my family and my brothers and sisters and everything and say like, who else is talking about Tommy DePaula? <laughs> <laughs> There's nobody that's talking about Tommy DePaula in podcasts or any other media form. Like, like who is this guy? They're inside my brain. They're inside our family. They, you know, we were just raised at the exact same time. Um, Isn't and, that cool? When that and, and, and so, and, and, so, and no one is talking about library book sales except my mother. <laughs> Dude, this is i i got this was was one of the i i love this album so much we're talking about uh rise up like the sun um uh it's so weird there's so many different vibes on it like there's weird synthesizer celtic uh songs um the guitar playing on this album is great Fairport Richard Thompson um, style guitar playing, but it's not Richard Thompson. It's uh, it's Simon Nickel. It's the Fairport uh, uh, rhythm guitarist and Richard Thompson band rhythm guitarist. I guess there's just something in the air. Um, there's a certain style of English folk electric guitar playing, um, and it's absolutely beautiful uh, on this album. Um, there's another Albion band record that the cool people uh, in the audience would probably get into a little easier, um, which is with, uh, with uh, Shirley Collins um it is called no roses and it's where the albion band formed um ashley hutchings like saw shirley collins like on a record jacket and she was like a major english folk artist at the time and he was like i'm going to go marry that woman and he didn't know nice. her but he like went and married her i mean they got divorced but like this is the Albion band No Roses? Yeah, Shirley Collins and the Albion band No Roses. Um, okay, it doesn't look like it's that, on spot. That one has like an edge to it that Rise Up Like the Sun doesn't. Um, I feel like No Roses might be more palatable to people who 
would think of this stuff as like kings and queens and ladies and knights yeah yeah so yeah it kind of gives me like yeah i kind of think of um my initial is like thinking camelot the camelot movie <laughs> yeah um, yeah yeah uh one of my favorite things about rise up like the sun though is uh the subtle use of odd time signatures all over the record uh they play things in odd meters and you never notice unless you count it so what is the thing about people that are really into music kind of getting into this like whatever folk english type music because i i, feel I like, don't know i think it's like a thing okay because it's like people that are people that are um <clears throat> Well, the British produced the Beatles and they had that gigantic modern uh, empire. They're like, the, you probably know better because you're actually there. I'm, I'm here in Texas. They seem to be some sort of like amplification circuit. Like they seem to be really talented at like taking and amplifying. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't you, would, you would know actually better but it's the same type of thing it's it's just it when it comes to music obviously they just they i guess they you know like whatever the world the rolling stones did what kanye has did a little bit except it was more appropriative or something like that you know what i mean they just they they know a good thing when they hear it or they see it and yeah i don't know i think i mean i think i think it um there's there's a lot of there with covid and everything i've kind of like been dwelling on the things i don't like about the uk but there's when i moved <laughs> when we for the first eight years or ten or five years that we were over here you know i felt like i was like uh people would ask how they like it and my wife is from scandinavia and like it was she was saying like it was a bigger adjustment for her than it was for me for me because i was she thought she was going to have her footing more and i knew i wasn't going to have mine but then also i felt like i was born in the wrong country because there's something about the british sensibility and it it goes all the way down to it 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 goes i think even through the middle class like you will you'll ask somebody oh are you a are you a music head or are you a board game guy? And they'll say, Oh no, no, no. But then they will know all of the references and all the things that you know, and you consider yourself to be an expert yeah. in those areas. Um, and so it's just, just, there's a intellectualism that has permeated deeper in the culture. Like, I don't know whether it's just, they don't have the um, kind of, they have a communicable disease like there's some sort of like a pathogen that the british isles have that is easily spread i think i mean i think i don't know i think maybe it's something like that um something like they're i mean they're really they're really funny you know they're really um i feel like the culture and the society rewards like intellect and humor or something and probably also music and things in a different level than say these like uh german and swedish and yeah. irish or not even like farmers that i'm you know where like everybody's gonna sit in the back of the church and nobody's gonna sing and you know it's just everybody's gonna be super dry humor all the time i don't know i don't know what the deal is but there's, I, don't I don't know what the deal is either, but look at the stuff that I put on all the lists here in our, our spreadsheet, exactly. how much of it is. I'm obviously an Anglophile. I don't know how that happened because I'm like a Texan. I I, I think I think all right thinking people probably are because <laughs> I guess they made the modern world 
I, I don't know. I don't know the others. Um, but 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 I guess it. So this this I think this Albion band it actually it grew on me the best after kind of like the two week break. It's so good. Because I because I, I honestly I kind of because I I even listened to it the first time you said and I, I wasn't really getting I wasn't getting hooked, I wasn't getting hooked into it. But um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is if, if at first it doesn't catch you, uh, come back to it in a couple of weeks and uh, and try no roses. Um, it it has an edge that uh, the um, rise up like the sun doesn't. And then the Albion band, um, the album before uh, Rise Up Like the Sun, which is called Battle of the Field. Um, that one might be, that one's like kind of proggy in a way. I don't know. I really, really, they're one of my favorite things that I've found in the last few years. Okay, cool. And your number two scent. Uh, Angel by Mugler, which is, do you have Angel? I and so it's my number two. I didn't even realize that oh, when I was man. making such a big Killer. deal about when I was making such a big deal about the number three. Killer. Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Uh, the official <laughs> scent of corpses and death. Um, it uh, allowed me my clearest fashion uh, red pill that I've ever had as a straight man because I saw the connection between the fragrance and like the dress that Kim Kardashian wore to the Met Gala four years ago, two years ago or whatever, like uh, connecting the scent and Mugler's uh, fashion is the closest I've ever gotten as a boring straight guy to understanding fashion. Um, and it's super psychedelic. It's always different. Uh, sometimes it's patchouli. Sometimes it's like vegetal. Sometimes it's bo. Sometimes it's chocolate. Sometimes it's uh, cotton candy. Um, uh, Angel, I could live. I, I I think I could just wear Angel. That's that's how I felt like for for months on end, and I think I was just yeah. like accosting anybody in TPN Twitter with like you know, oh my God, Angel, 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 and. Uh, and uh, I think that, and also, when, but now my collection's gotten a little bit bigger, so I, I wear it less, and it's more of a treat to wear it. Um, yes, it's and, and it's always different. That's another <clears> thing <throat> I, I like about it is, uh, it doesn't seem like it's uh, made by like a robot or a three D printer or something. It almost seems handmade because every time I get a new bottle, it's it's always the same idea, but it's like uh, it's like uh, uh, gigs. It's like a live band, like even though they're playing the same song every time it's a little different um I'm, I, I don't know I, I feel like that speaks to uh, a certain uh, quality and i so i've been harping on this like intro um aspect to different things and uh the fact that the weird thing that i went with my went from my college town to the metropolitan area with my second semester roommate uh to buy and he was gonna he was in from the suburbs and much more worldly than i was and he was buying his girlfriend and i think it may not have been the i i forget if she liked it and that's why he's buying it but he proceeded to go on and buy all of his girlfriend's angel <laughs> i love it because and, and he he liked it so much but i think she originated it his girlfriend freshman year the it and i smelled it at nordstrom's and i was like 
I, you know, I thought like I would then seeing the world in black and white and I just saw it in color. I mean, I was like, I did not know that something could be kept in a bottle and could come out like that. Like I'd smell yeah. perfumes. And I was like, okay, that's not, there's nothing interesting going on in that world. Uh, even though I, whatever, would put on some brute and like it as a little kid, you know, but yeah, I was just blown off the face of the earth. So then yeah, dude. when and I heard you guys, when is... I heard you guys harping on it so much, I went back to that and I thought, okay, there's something here with these guys. And not only is it like a crazy psychedelic multifaceted interdimensional work of art, but it's one of the most popular and influential and widely available perfumes there is, which gives me hope for the world. Yeah. Either that or stock up. Because <laughs> <laughs> everything's going to everything's going. Yeah, everything's trash. Go into a bucket in hell in a bucket. And yep. uh, this is the, this and Kanye are the last things left. Um, and our children. Yes. Well, I mean, I just meant it's mainstream. No, I know. I know. Art, art examples. <laughs> yes. We, that's the thing is like she, yeah, the three year old, she likes it because it has a star bottle. So, but it's so it's like I, I had to take a deep breath every time she wants to wear it because it's not exactly the first set I want my three year old wearing. But yeah, right. Uh, I'm, yeah but she likes it so and it, it smells good it smells nice on her too everything smells nice on her uh, but yeah okay so number one if you thought the albion band was intense <laughs> and english uh why don't you list it? um this is the apparently the swingle singers are very famous and i'm not talking about the swingle singers i'm talking about one single album by an offshoot of the swingle singers uh the swingle singers apparently are something like the four freshmen they're like the classical four freshmen or something i, I none of the other stuff it's easy to find their albums you can find them at thrift stores and at the in the dollar bins at the record store um they're a vocal group um uh, but apparently there was like an offshoot i guess somebody got mad at someone i don't know and they formed swingle two and the first <laughs> album from swingle two was uh love songs for madrigals and madrigals and on the cover definitely, it definitely runs away with best album title in your yeah, selections on the cover which is really early 70s frumpy comfy thick and mossy feeling like before anybody had any cool concept about graphic design like I, things like this seem really human the cover of the american uh issue of swingle 2 the european issue looks like an abba record i need a copy of the european one but i, I really like the way the american one looks so frumpy uh, but the the subtitle is um, accompanied by electric piano, harpsichord, arp synthesizer, bass guitar, and drums. Uh, and that's why I bought it because uh, they made such a big deal out of the instrumentation. <laughs> uh, classical music people think they like metal people. They think they own music and they have the one way in. And uh, whenever they, especially back in the 70s, like talked about pop music and pop arrangements and, oh, it, it's a, a unique um, ensemble with electric bass guitar, drums, and uh, the ARP synthesizer. It just always cracks me up the way that classical music people talk about 
pop uh, anything other than their uh, weird little tradition. Uh, but I bought it because of the that description. Um, it just seemed like a surefire bet to me. And uh, I gave my copy to Jack uh, because I loved it so much. I wanted to share it with him. Um, and I still haven't bought that. <laughs> I gave it to him right before we had the kiddo. So uh, I thought you were going to say something bad, but presumably he still has it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm pretty sure he does. I'm, I'm losing my train of thought here, but um, this album was really important to me in the year leading up to my son's birth. Um, it changes the emotional humidity in the room. Um, it seems like there's like, a sunrise or sunset going on when you listen to it. Uh, it's really beautiful and it feels like you're trapped in some sort of PBS uh, introduction um, with the little ARP synthesizer arrangements. Uh, PBS I wish I introduction to it and it's a safe world outside. Yeah. <laughs> like it's back when, back when everything was safe and okay. <laughs> yes. It's uh, I, I just, I don't know, man. No, um, so I, 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 uh, I, I found that um, I found myself uh, lurching. So I think this this one was only on YouTube, and so I've somehow I've put my phone. I've not brought my phone to my little pod that I'm in, uh, so I can't tell you what songs I liked. But I, I noticed I can't either. I noticed that <laughs> the ones that I liked were when they went to like German, and it's like yeah. the most beautiful that German has ever been and that was the third song i put that in my notes um and then later on there's one that's like i think in french and that, and that was also a favorite so some reason i kind of didn't wasn't i was i wasn't digging them as much in english as i was in a foreign language which i thought was weird but uh yeah i can't pick a certain song um uh i'm getting a little spacey uh but the uh, this is i i, I keep re recommending this to people I, i'm so glad i came across this i feel similarly like i said with albion band like i just found this at the record store for like a dollar and i bought it because it said arp synthesizer on it um uh when when record when you're looking through like cheap records uh if they describe the the instrumentation they're like and features uh electric guitar arrangements or features uh the the a unique new instrument the vox organ like if there's like a a rock instrument like a synthesizer or electric guitar or a an electric instrument and they like go out of their way to describe it you can bet that that's gonna be a lush uh dollar store record they're gonna let you i don't know if i'm making sense they're gonna let you so often like you it's... see like 101 strings and it's just like this like syrupy string music that doesn't necessarily speak to hip modern young people like ourselves but if they like go out of their way to say guitar arrangements or arp synthesizer flourishes there will be a way in for modern ears and so yeah so you're talking about the um album cover that's green that's on the on the youtube or the main yes. youtube recording yes. it's funny because I, I saw that too. And I thought I saw the accompanied by in the list of things. And I thought, 
oh okay maybe that's like a maybe that's like it's it jumped out at me but then i thought okay maybe this is how they do it over there dude that's classical music people they think they discovered the one true music and like there's these guys are like slumming it with their bass guitar and their drums i really love the 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 brushes like the the quality of the playing on this the plainness the straightforward presentation is uh you i don't i don't feel i don't feel like you hear anything like that anymore okay good cool um well i was actually I, we could talk about that from go on and find out like why who is ward swingle and if he's, yeah it, if he's the, the name behind it then obviously why did he have to go out, break off with swingle too but i've was just, i've i've purchased a few other swingle singers records um but I, none of them i think it's because of the like this was like a little experiment like the other ones are do you know who the four freshmen are i've i've heard them like the beach boys are in some ways like a four freshmen in rock uh i don't know there's the swingle singers are like the classical four freshmen like they i I haven't nothing else has jumped out at me this is a really i I wish there's more stuff like this especially for like two dollars or whatever or freshman are you talking about is this like a recent band no that's what like that's a, that's what okay i mean like I'm, I'm, dense dense vocal harmonies uh like oh, weird oh, chords and stuff okay i'm a bit i was so not like kinks and trio mm, more so jazzy more oh, okay. sophisticated more right. yeah less okay yeah but uh, that same sort of dry a respectable presentation okay all right cool so you have under favorite bands or artists maybe let's see should we go with let's let's actually go to your overrated since you don't have any hidden gems in this area okay hendrick lamar um i could talk smack about him until the cows come home when i went to jesus tour i will keep it to this one story when i went to jesus tour he opened and at the time, Kendrick Lamar had a bunch of hits. And I didn't realize that it was Kendrick Lamar. You know, I was like, there was a time when I could listen to hip hop radio and enjoy some of the songs. And um, he came out and he had like a like a band, like a drummer and a bass player and a guitar player. And they like looked like they like looked like stained or something. Um, and he had like one of those big fat uh, gospel drummers, like like hip hop is already respectable music. You don't have to dress it up in the techniques and language of quote unquote proper music to present it to people. Kanye West had Mike Dean as a DJ and maybe some people singing. Uh, Kendrick Lamar came out with his butt rock band with a, with a, a gospel, fat gospel drummer um uh hip-hop works so hard on their drum sounds like the whole record is like the 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 specific drum sounds that were used the specific samples that were used and to like come out and be like now i am a respectable musician who is uh playing real music with a capital m dude he had several hits on the radio and they sounded great he just like massacred them like pretending to play proper real music he he already 
hip hop doesn't need to play the game of proper music. It already is proper music. Um, and I've never recovered since 2013, since Uses Tour. I, I've, every step that he takes is like, I am a real artist. Okay. And the actual artist, Kanye West, is running around screaming, sounding like trash. Um, I, like 2016, the real artist was operating, uh, making, what's it called, uh, Pablo. And the entire universe was talking about to pimp a butterfly. And they couldn't stop saying how Kanye was a psycho. I, I just mm. hip hop doesn't need to be dressed up in respectability. It already is respectable. It's embarrassing to try to play the respectability game when you already have your own fine tradition and you're already like the real deal. Okay. Well said. I'm not a, I never, I, 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 I realized I never got into him. Um, oh, he's terrible. He sounds like a little troll, like a little. But, so, but you you saying you like the album recording? So I liked like those singles. I liked those singles. I didn't know that it was Kendrick Lamar, but then when okay. he played them with his butt rock band with the gospel <laughs> drummer, dude, it was absolute trash. It sounds like. But it sounds trash. like it sounds like you're. It sounds like you're really digging in for the live performance. Yeah, because I hate that when hip hop people. Yeah are like now we're real musicians yeah. with our but, real dr the drummer ruins everything hip-hop is all about the drums and the whole record is getting the drums right and then people people are like "Ooh, now that we're playing live we need to have real drums and it ruins everything and it's always this fat gospel drummer it ruins everything Excuse me. Was it more that it, you thought that this was a window to his soul, and you didn't, you couldn't connect with him again after that, or is it really just because of the? Uh, I felt like he he thought he was doing the right thing. So yeah, I guess it was a window to his soul because everything after that has reinforced you, that initial right. So you revulsion. Look, you've seen it through that lens, and you can't yeah, you can't like that, you can't stop seeing it. Okay, All I right. have such massive respect for Mike Dean's work with Kanye. Uh, when Mike Dean joined the live Kanye camp in like 2010 or something, his first action as like musical director was to stop using a real drummer because Mike Dean understands that hip hop is already itself. It doesn't need to pretend to be quote unquote actual music. Okay. It already is actual music. And, and, and if you thought that Kendrick Lamar was the, the biggest sacred cow that could possibly be toppled uh, for number two, you have, the Beatles parentheses, but I love the Beatles. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So to, to say anything like I love the Beatles. I love the Beatles. Um, but I don't really need like to listen to them ever again. Cause they like live in my head and they like live in our bones and our DNA, but I can't stand when people who don't love the Beatles and who haven't been through that try to, like they're completely talking about something they don't understand. Uh, it's like talking about how oxygen is overrated. Like, sure, there's other groups. Sure, the Beach Boys are great, but 
uh, it's music is not an isolation. It's part of culture, which is part of us, which is part of the earth, which is part of it's all. I, I just I put that there because. I. To say to 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 talk trash about the Beatles, you have to love them first. And there's so many people who, who think they're cool, uh, talking trash about the Beatles, but they haven't loved them first. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say that basically. There's, there's sure, that's a whole to... conversation. But... <clears throat> sure. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what can I say? Yeah. No. Big Beatles fan. Yes, yeah, I, 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 I hate, I hate, I mean, I, I really don't like, uh, I, f- I feel like all of the late night TV show guys are, uh, whatever, uh, corrupt and, and horrible or some level or maybe whatever. I've just, my, I've, I've morphed my, I've, I've melted my brain to think that, but the, um, the, oh, Jesus, who's the guy, the, the British tubby guy that always does the funny late night show. And he always makes jokes about his own tubbiness, whether it's doing like stunt work with Tom Cruise or waking up and doing um, Marky Mark's morning 4 a.m. working Marky workout. Anyhow, he's from Britain. He's tubby. He's the guy that was on the bus with Harry recently. And he um, goes back and goes like, and so I would, I would hate, I am loath to watch anything by this guy. Um, except someone, someone recommended that his going around with Paul McCartney to different places in Liverpool. And then they go into a random pub in Liverpool and start, he starts a live performance and obviously it blows everybody's mind. And yeah, and pretty soon people are just banging and you can just see, you know, obviously the people in Liverpool, it's such a, you know, a, t- a town that time has forgotten and they have nothing but there. They produced the Beatles. Yeah. And they just, you can just see their, the whatever their hearts bleeding their love for Paul. And even you Who see is a freakishly talented, like Paul is the man. I, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I like them. I like them all. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I think that the thing that's crazy about is that them is that when you see like, they're like kind of like cast off songs or like their Christmas songs, or, I mean, it's just like, mm-hmm. holy, sh- holy shit. This is like, yeah, their, this was their bad song. This is their, you know, and they're still so good, but anyhow, that's they're the freaking Beatles, but yeah. the, the people who criticize them, even the ones who I'm complaining about, they do have a point. Um, but that it's a whole conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. I yeah. just wanted to say that. Sure. I, you have to love the Beatles. There is an too. argument that could be made that they are overrated because they, they are. They, they, yeah, because you're saying everyone's basically they're God or they're the top hundred bands when really they that that shouldn't be the case. But uh, but like unfortunately, it's like it's like criticizing oxygen or criticizing the word the or something. Okay, so for the whatever for the episode fifty, we will go a deep dive into the Beatles and your yeah. five, your six to ten perfumes. Um, <laughs> uh, but okay, so your favorite artists, uh, Richard and Linda Thompson. And why uh, is why is it so much easier to listen to Richard and Linda Thompson than it is Richard Thompson? Because they're better. Because uh, the the tension between them, the the age that they were, their twenties, the time, the seventies. Um, I don't know, man. Richard and Linda, like I've cried and cried and cried. There's something about there's some connection between like weeping and and I'm not a I I, I don't know what to say other than that there's 
I've cried so much to Richard and Linda Thompson. What are the main crying songs? Um, jet Plane in a Rocking Chair. Um, I used to not be able to get through like five seconds of that <laughs> song. That's like my theme song um, for my life. Okay. I can get through it now. Um, but it used to just reduce me to absolute tears and um down where the drunkards roll as cheesy as it is really helped me quit drinking okay and i so what i'm trying to find i'll have to search i'll search for what albums those are on later but um okay cool that i mean the and obviously whatever their number their number one song on spotify is is a pretty good number one song the i want to see the bright lights tonight oh yeah man and that that one will help you there's something i don't know what the word is they i've there's something about some connection between like just weeping and crying and and he's dude he i don't know what to say i don't know i mean i i i haven't i haven't um i haven't i haven't listened to it since i had this thought but i feel like this song that that specific song like it could have been written like three years ago. It could have been, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's like, I don't know. It sounds very like, it's very like perfect and timeless and, and modern. And I don't know. Yeah. Um, okay. Follow up question. How many huge, and I mean, huge Lennon Cohen, Leonard Cohen fans have never listened to a Richard Thompson song. <laughs> that would, that yeah. The people, if you just go listen to Richard Thompson, he's, also the guitar people everybody knows though he's the a freakish he he does i'm glad you mentioned that though because it does explore in a different manner it explores some sort of darkness i don't know i don't know why i put them together i, I just yeah. I, but i i just think of i feel like there's a lot of uh i feel like there's a little yeah. a lot of leonard cohen fakes out there um who aren't actually like i don't know music uh, geeks or music fans well Leonard Cohen had a great inflation uh in the last decade or so since he you know uh celebrating artists late in life since he returned to performance and what amazing performances they were sure uh, yeah. uh did you get to see him before he died no I it, Dude, it I sold out twice it, it, it was, sold it sold out, out it was like it was like it was like in the small, smallest venue and it was a, and it was, it was a, I remember it was a super expensive ticket. And I thought, and I was like, yes. And now, you know what? I'm going to do this. And then it was, and I, and I wasn't even like a huge fan. I just knew it was something that I needed to do. Yeah. And, and it was, it sold out. And then it was, it was just, it's, yeah. I, I don't know what that would have been. Uh, like but in a, in a similar vein um there was a time and this is my number two on bands artists of all time um there was a time a particularly dark time in my life where i could only listen to richard thompson autecker and steely and cleavy uh dance hall productions from the early 90s and like literally it sounds stupid coming from a near 40 year old man but literally richard and linda thompson and autecker like saved my brain saved my life in a way uh yeah 
And why? I, why exactly do you think that is? Why did it? I can't explain that. It just spoke. <laughs> it, 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 spoke it spoke to you, or it gave you whatever. Um, it, was, it, the, was a, it was a refuge or something. Or? Uh, uh, Autecker described my, uh, was I, I. I don't know how to explain. Okay, it. no, that's, no, that's yeah, that's yeah. Fair. And then Incredible String Band is my number one, just because. Uh, uh, at a particular time in my. 20s i just they just took over my mind uh <laughs> I, I don't listen to them as much these days anymore but they always have a special place and yeah you owe them. and i i'm a i'm a lot of people are like i like everything up until 1968 i like everything i like all the scientology albums i like absolutely everything um the vibe is always there um and it never leaves and those people are wrong Okay, and what and what is the what is the place to start with them? Uh, uh, Five Thousand Spirits, or Hangman's Beautiful Daughter, or We Tam the 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 classic trio: Five Thousand Spirits, Hangman's Beautiful Daughter, We Tam, and the Big Huge. Okay, cool. Don't avoid the Scientology era okay don't listen to those people they are wrong all right cool well i think we have we have some honorable mentions i think we're just we should just blitz through those them off and and give those for for people to google um but uh dylan and the dead yeah the album everybody it's supposed to be the worst thing ever um the drummers can barely keep it together they literally sound like shoes in a dryer the tempos fluctuate like absolute crazy bob dylan is sounding really 80s and really froggy and like he has his head deep inside of a hoodie um it's chaos it's trash but it's amazing um if if that is the 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 most together songs from that tour I really need to sit down and dig into the bootlegs from the Dylan and Dead tour because the absolute just chaos, uh, complete inability to play in time. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I was I was blown away. I only recently heard that album in the last couple of years. I was blown away. Jerry sounds so happy. Okay, that's a good uh, thirty seconds on that, and then yeah. Fripp and Sylvian. Uh, I don't know how obscure this one is, but uh, Fripp and Sylvian, the live album Damage, is one of my favorite records of all time. Uh, the great, one of the greatest rhythm sections. Um, first time Pat Mastelotto and Trey Gunn played together. Uh, they sound so in the pocket and so like clean and evil and early 90s proggy and the great michael brook ambient guitar player uh, is is on on rhythm and and ambience uh some of robert fripp's uh, greatest laser beam lead guitar um it's basically a lost king crimson okay interesting but the live album specifically they've got a studio album called the first day that doesn't accomplish what it set out to do uh but the live album of which there are two versions the 1994 david botrell and robert fripp mix which is like sitting out in the audience and the 2001 uh, david sylvian mix which is like sitting on the stage um 
I recommend the 1994 mix. Uh, this record has followed me around my for 25 years. I love it. Nice. Well, it's it's, it's got staying power. That's, yeah. And so so. Yeah, that's uh, Oval Marcus Pop. Um, when Oval ended in 2000, he teamed up with a chick named Eriko Toyota. Um, who moved from Japan to Berlin, I believe, to collaborate with him. And uh, they made this one album. Uh, there's two tantalizing live clips that are like 30 seconds each on YouTube. Uh, it's like singer, songwriter, guitar, and Japanese girl filtered through the last two oval albums oval comers and oval process which are really emotional uh visceral um those are crying records as well but so is, <laughs> see that, is, that yeah that, that's, that's romantic and crying yeah i think that that's that's something also for me is maybe why i don't listen to why, why i've kind of paired it my music listening down to like soul and disco a lot is because a lot of the music I like is like, oh, and then this guy, well, the sparkle horse killed himself. Yeah. And I was just like, Jesus, fudge. I don't, you know, it was already like a Wednesday. Uh, you yes. know, I don't need, you know, so, um, but they're really good. A lot of, you know, a lot of good music is, is, is kind of a, a, a downer. So, um, yeah, it's just yep. be, being in the right place for it. Um, so cool. And, and then I, I almost missed it. But drum roll, what is your number one perfume? Uh, if La Nuit was the door and the hand opening the door and the door frame to regarding perfume as more than just stupid cosmetics for girls, um, Secretion Magnifique by Etat Libre de Orange, um, the famous cum-scented perfume uh, cum and blood, semen and blood, um, that was what taught me the abstract uh, a language of perfume. Uh, Secretion Magnifique taught me how to speak in my own head to myself. Um, I wore it almost exclusively for nearly a decade. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and people freak out about it. Like I haven't smelled it yet. I haven't, I haven't smelled it. Oh man, it's beautiful. Really simple, just one line in the air. Um, it's like an abstract. The it's like a. I don't know what to say about it other than when we did our episode on it, I, I couldn't even talk about it. I didn't even know what to say. I like wore it like daily for eight years, and and I have like five six seven empty bottles i wow it's it's absolutely wonderful don't let the early <laughs> advertising imagery has like a penis like ejaculating and like a tall libra de orange was kind of like punk and set out to like piss people off and like perfume blogger people are like probably a pretty conservative bunch in their own way and apparently people still freak out about oh it's smell it's cum perfume um but uh it's beautiful it's a great work of art um yeah I, so I, if i thought i was going to get a gypsy curse with the machine noir i was i i just like trusted that you guys <laughs> that this was a 
had a you know was a great set but i have been yeah, I'm, i have been I've, I've, I've been every single time you mention it on the pod i get a little bit closer and a little bit closer and so yeah hopefully this your is your number one last poll is montana parfum de poe yeah awesome yeah no i it's 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 number one like i i really like angel but then it also helps if sometimes the things that yeah yeah it's yeah i i keep trying Tiger to piss i keep oh it's so good and it's it just sprayed it has such a big spray and i just really love it and i got also got it's definitely the one that i got the most hooked on mm-hmm. i keep trying and it has one of the greatest bottles and 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 it was also a really good episode i i, I don't know is that the fourth man episode i forget mm-hmm. that's the ver 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 episode yeah and that guy that alistair guy he was a really good guest too I, I loved him he was a really important part of my early twitter experience i don't even know if he still listens He's not really on Twitter very much anymore. Uh, but shout out to Alistair. I I really liked him. Yeah, I, I keep I keep trying to follow him on Instagram and he he keeps not okay me. <laughs> Alistair, okay. Yeah, yeah. Cause I want to know, I want to know what else this guy has up his sleeve. Cause he was he's a, a real I really he was a really important part of my early Twitter journey. I really miss him. He was a good guy, but you know, all the good ones can't hang yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So um well, yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of odds and ends, and a lot of things I'd like to. I have a section in the Google Doc that says that, but there's a lot of a lot of things I'd like to touch on. But uh, like I said, well, I think well, yeah, yeah, we should probably we should probably wrap it up. I'm I'm yeah. running out of steam. I yeah, mean, my eat. diet coke ran out. And yeah, now at at the end of the episode, I have rose poivre on my my uh l inner elbow on my left i have giorgio on the top of my left hand i have uh la, uh, la nui uh edt on my right <laughs> elbow and secretion magnifique on the top of my right hand yeah That's well I, I'm, I'm not gonna let my daughter hear this because she keeps wanting to do like multiple ones per day and i don't say, no. say, I, say I say no you can't don't. do it it's only it's only yeah. one one per you know one per day so oh um, man i'm so glad she likes albion band and inya and angel yeah. your daughter sounds really cool <laughs> she's yeah yeah, well, yeah she's at least she's, she's starting off on the right track and uh i uh yeah no i i got exactly what i wanted from this this is this is really fun if we had we stayed on we stayed on script um and i'm sure i'll think of bunch of stuff i wanted to mention to you yeah now that we're here but, at the end i'll admit i was worried because i always have my security blanket of being with jack i was really freaked out i've done a hundred and plus episodes of tpn but i i was i was worried no well it's good i think i, th- I think i think that's i think that's the whatever i think that's the je ne sais quoi or that's the I, I hope that's the coup of what we're thinking is just to talk to people about things that they're really fired up about that they haven't gotten to talk to people enough about and so then they kind of have this uh, innate freshness and, and zeal to kind of uh, rattle the rattle, rattle the stuff off and and yeah that's exactly you gave you gave me exactly what I was looking for. <laughs> I'm glad this was and, fun. This and, is fun. Thanks. And um, yeah, I don't know. Like I said, there's this parasocial connection uh, that I have with with you guys, and I don't know why exactly, um, but. I, I like this is like a this is like weird that i haven't listened to the latest app the day that but it's just because you know whatever having a 
having a, a newborn and being sick yeah. and, and and being on yeah having a, a three-year-old to take care of and and just having to be a, a week turned upside down otherwise i would normally have have listened to that app and been all over it and um yeah uh, i'm glad i'm glad i don't know i i i get excited and uh whatever when i see whatever every, every time that you guys have a new big guest and stuff like that and um yeah so i'm pulling for you and uh thank you i'm yeah. really glad that uh the fact that something that we have made with our own two hands like lands like people catch it I, and i can't believe that i i i hope that never gets old i can't believe that people understand because it's ridiculous and, and then and then i i listen to other you know i listen to other podcasts and just they all sound so it's like um you know it's like i've been dating somebody and then we break up and then i whatever go out on the dating circuit again and just everything oh, is no. everything is boring compared to compared <laughs> to you guys you know and then when jack jack will be on on he'll be on other episodes with bigger people yeah, he's so good on other shows and I everyone, he really every, channels polia and really like gets his message across really succinctly but and everyone else just comes off as so like boring i'm like how could the guy that i've already listened to hundreds of hours of him talk and be be so much more magnetic than these other people that i've never you know Dude, I mean? because he's be, special should be, they should be fresh you know i'm telling um, you i always thought um that jack should have that's i did not intend to be on a podcast i did not intend to talk for 100 plus episodes i intended to be like an engineer or something um I just wanted to get my brother's voice out there because I always thought that he was a trip and that other people would be tripped out listening to him and that he should have a voice in media. And so podcasting has allowed us to do that. Uh, it's, it's all Jack. It's because he's, he's himself. He's special. You know, so everybody needs a whatever, uh, a, a co-founder, a tech yeah, tech no, tech co-founder to bounce like, things I off. I can't of. believe how many people get it because it's really weird. Like, and gay, just and just straight and just the brothers, idea. perfume national. And, yeah, and the idea that it, it could have very easily almost not been. It could have been. Uh, it could have been. What'd you say? You're talking about Zorn. <laughs> or whatever those guys all being in the same town at the same time yeah no i that's that's what i want to close on if you don't believe if you the listener are struggling with is god real is god talking to me dude how does naked city exist if god is not real how did that happen how did bill frizzell and and wayne horvitz and joey baron and uh, uh, Fred Frith and Yamatsuka I come under the, 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 the web of John Zorn. How did that happen? And TPM. And that's where we yeah. can finish. Thank you very much for your time, Orton. All right. That was great. <laughs> Cheers. Now